Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode, is it 306, Rich? Yes, uh, it is. 306, yeah. 306, man. For a second, I thought I was in the future. It was 307, but 306, an impressive number. We're back after a week's break. Uh, how are you, Rich? I'm I'm hopped up. I'm Johnny Cash, 67. I'm hopped up on the caffeine, on the pills, just everything, and I'm just cranking out the albums now. I don't know if they're good or bad anymore. You know what I'm saying, Rich? The train's just rolling for me at the moment. Um, well, nothing. Well, as long as you don't stand in front of the train, you should be fine. Train of love. Um, however, that one goes. That tra- train of love keeps rolling. I'm not even sure if that's how the song goes, but it's a great song. <laughs> now, Rich, how have you been? Well, I've been off the interview with the biographer of Gardner Fox, Jennifer DeRoss, was a hit with the fan base. A big thank you to Jennifer. I imagine it would be. Well, a big thank you to Jennifer and also to the fans and the listeners and just everybody who came in. And she said Gardner Fox would approve of the seance idea. That comes from the biographer's lips. So there you go. Oh, there you go. I think we've got to do it, man. we got to do it. Um, now, how have you been, Rich? What's been going on in your life since we last spoke? Nothing, man. Just wow. work, work, work. And your girlfriend's back from Japan? Yes. Yeah? Didn't find a Japanese guy, did you? <laughs> Uh, not that I know of. Not that you know of. That's fine, man. Whatever happens on tour stays on tour, I always say. <laughs> of course you do. Of course I do, man. Um, now, but what are you, surely you've been doing something, Rich, reading. I've not hardly spoken to you. I spoke to you briefly last night where I had a few alien theories I wanted to flow by you and you said save it for the show, Dave. Um, you weren't too keen to go down that rabbit hole when it wasn't being recorded, I noticed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of rabbit holes in general, so. But did you get the feeling that I was just more than willing to just dive straight in if you'd given me the slightest hint of being interested in my comments? Yeah, well, you've got to be careful because you're that, like, um, you've got to be careful how much rope that, uh, you get given with, with some things. I agree. Because otherwise, otherwise it is a, it's quite a rabbit hole. I bet it is, man. And I was saying to you, um, listeners, um, you can weigh in on this. It's a new thing I've got. Um, we, Michelle and I were talking about words in, in case we were totally hacked by AI, like safe words, which I won't obviously um, say on the show, but I said, I came up with a word and a phrase, and I said, that's the one to use if the if Skynet takes over or the aliens truly invade. And then I looked out, at the flow of traffic, and I said, that's not to say they haven't already, in a very quiet invasion. <laughs> Michelle was just like, you could tell she was unsettled, and I said, oh, it's not confirmed, but it's happened. You know, I, in, in places of power, Rich, don't you think that there are some there? You know what I mean? Like siphoning away. You know, I'm not talking about uh, thousands. I'm talking about like a few scattered. You, know, you hear what I'm saying, Rich? Come on, man. You know it's true. I hear what you're saying. I just don't always agree. <laughs> but you, but you, you're starting to realise it's it's fucking happened, haven't you? You've, have you woken up and you remember that day I said no? Yeah. Wow. No. No. Still not there. No. I probably will never be there. 
and I'm there. I'm there 24 seven. I was thinking about it a lot. Something happened, and I was just like, yeah. I read something today um, on Facebook where I, frankly, sometimes shouldn't be allowed. And I was scrolling through, you know, sharing pictures, like posting up skeletal pics, that kind of stuff that I normally do. And there's some new flu coming out of, um, some virus coming out of China. And I said, we've been here before, you know? I said, we've been here. I went and reported to Michelle. She said, what do you wish you do? And I said, gun up. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, though, man. At all, you know. No, it's, it's not the easiest thing to gun up in uh, in this country, though. The old so six shooter. The old six shooter. What do you think? Again, good if you can get it. Good luck to you. <laughs> well, Rich, it's obviously been a fair. Now I was supposed to be asking you what you were doing. So, have you done nothing at all? Have you just sat around counting time, or have you actually watched something? I've been working, man. I've just been working. I've been working. Okay. Oh, I have been playing. Sorry, no, I have been playing a bit of. Uh, Civilization Six. I've been I've been getting into that. Oh lately, yeah, so. on the Xbox, yeah. Uh, well, uh, the PC Xbox, yeah, the PC Game Pass, yeah. Okay, because that's what I want to do as well, and I actually cleared some space off my computer to do that. So that's something I've got to do because you said to me that Caesar can go to the stars. Well, the idea me. of the game is to is to be the first one to reach Mars. Is to colonize Mars, Mars basically. So you don't okay. you don't. I'm assuming that maybe there'll be a, a game down the track where Ooh. you do get to colonize Mars, maybe, you know, like Sid Meier's Mars or something. Cool. But at the moment, the, the way you win the game is mm. by getting a rocket to being Mars. The, first, uh, the first civilization to to colonize Mars. And so yeah. that's why I was saying to you, like, now you can only be Caesar if you create a 2K account and link it. Otherwise, you have to be, uh, your only selection for Rome is Trajan. Trajan? I mean, Trajan was mm. a great emperor, but he was not greater than Caesar. No, but I think they've had Caesar. In, like, I think what they do is they ha- sometimes they have the same okay. um, leaders, and then sometimes they mix it up a bit. So obviously, Trajan with Rome, was pretty good. You, know. you can pick a lot of Roman uh, sure. emperors as leader of Rome. Marcus um, Aurelius, one of my favorites. Yeah, and Cleopatra is in it as well. Cleopatra, um, yeah, sexy old Cleopatra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, so, shake yeah, no, that good, booty, good, good. shake that booty, Cleopatra. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, some people might think that was sexist. You know, obviously, every it's open to interpretation, like everything. Isn't it? Is it? Is it open <laughs> to interpretation? Shake that booty, Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure there's any. I don't think there's any nuance. I don't think there's. Um... There's a lot of fantasy going into it. I'll say that. There's a lot of visualization. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. So what Cleopatra controls Egypt, I assume. Is that is that what the story is? Like it's different cities? Yeah, yeah. So there's... I can't remember how many there are exactly, but like there's uh, Greek, Roman, uh, Japan, China... Cool. Egypt. Please tell me Germany's not Hitler. <laughs> no, it's not Hitler. Um, <laughs> they're like... Frederick. They're... <laughs> but I thought to myself... It's weird that he's not. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it would be, it would make sense. It would it like make if it was an unPC world, it would totally make sense. Um, what was I going to say? So I have played Civilization, but but I mean, literally decades ago. From my memory, it wasn't like the Earth. Am I wrong in saying that? Like it was at least what I played. It, it was like Earth factions, but it wasn't like the globe of Earth. Am I wrong or, or right when I say that? Or is it actually uh, Earth? No, it's it's Earth. It's okay. it's 
so what this you can do is basically you can there's two ways to play it there's well not two ways sorry there's different maps you can just have a a, a random map yeah or you can actually have it be um accurate to where that faction comes from so right. if you want to play rome yep. and you wanted to start where rome would with the the resources that they would have had in those time periods you can okay um or if you wanted like again like there's different like different ways you can make the game so let's say you wanted to do a bit more of a piratey seafaring sort of thing you can just make it like multiple islands okay um instead of like continents cool. with islands you can just be like okay everyone basically gets an island like a big archipelago kind of thing yeah yeah we can all just have a big warfare <laughs> Cool. So who who that? This sounds cool. So who are you, what what faction are you? South um, So my first no, there's no South African. Um, so my <laughs> first playthrough, I did China. Okay. And I'm busy. Yeah. I'm busy doing a Trajan. Uh, run well, well, China will probably be accurate in terms of the fucking civilization that conquers everything and like gets the man to Mars and stuff. China might actually be the real winner. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong. Yeah. So who did you say China and then Rome? Did you? Yeah. Cool. And does it start out like it's been so long since I've played? Does it start out and you're literally like cavemen kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, you start in like the ancient era, mm. and then you have the classical era, and then you have the medieval era, and then you have like the Renaissance era, and you have the industrial area, and so on, and so on, and then and so on, and so on. So you you're going through the ages. Yeah. Um, and you're researching technology and civics and all that sort of stuff. Sounds awesome. And by the way, shout out to Anna, my manager. I told her she'd get a shout out tonight. Uh, if she's going to listen to Signal, she's only ever going to listen to the first five minutes, so we better squeeze that in. <laughs> I don't think she's built for the three to four hour haul, you know what I mean, that we do, the long truck and haul. She's more of a sprinter. Um, man, it sounds absolutely fascinating, um, and it sounds like something I need to get involved with a lot fucking heavier than I ever have. Um, it's not like battles you fight, is it? It's kind of more. No, there is. No, there yeah. is. Do you manage yeah, yeah, yeah. them? Though, you, or... you, you. Um, well, it depends. So it depends on on how you start. So if, when you play a random game, you mm. you start and you've got to get resources and stuff and all that. And you know what? If you mm. get a kind of a shitty area, yep. like it's it might be hard for you to uh to to spread out. You yep. know what I mean? Because what you've got to do is you've got to start somewhere and then once you get enough people, you've got to create a settler mm. and then you go fund another, you know, found another city and so on and so on and you spread. But if you get a pretty shitty one, you may just have to build up an army and then go take someone else's yeah. um, spot or something because you're like, listen, I fucking, I don't have any resources here. I can't build from here. So I kind of got to come take yours. So, so how, how is your game? I'm fascinated by this, Rich. So how has your game kind of progressed? Like how far are you in? Uh, so the first one uh, was finished. I did that in uh, exactly 500 moves. I pretty much got it. And then the other one is I'm about 200 moves in, and um, I decided to take Geneva because mm. <laughs> they kind of um, I didn't like them being in between me and another faction, and I was mm-hmm. running out of uh, places to 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 put new cities so i decided to take it and now i've got two other factions fighting me at the same time because they see me as a warmonger so i'm i'm busy that's um, fine holding i'm holding holding off two armies i love it Rich. Uh, at the same time so so the battles i mean it's like i've played an older version so it, when you're fighting like a country 
or a faction, do you sort of like have to control the battle like in Rome Total War or does the computer do it for you? Like, what's the story? Uh, no, you still control the battle. This is not as epic as that. Like, you mm. just get little units. Right. Um, and then it's like a unit versus unit, or you can have two units, you know, uh, sort of taken on one and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's not like it's not like that where you have, like, an entire yeah. army. It's more like you have um, little units, and, and they've got to do battle and all that sort of stuff. So they represent an army or, a, a you know, a... A division or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's, it sounds awesome, man. Like, oh yeah, keep us keep us in the loop, and I'm definitely gonna um check it out and, and play. And obviously, I'll play as Rome. Um, at least start out with. Is there like Carthage? Is that one? Can you be Carthage? Like, uh, so if you buy the full uh, expansion versions and all this sort of stuff, they come with a lot more leaders and countries. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think this one only comes with like twelve or fourteen or something like that. Right, like the starting one, and then. If you buy the expanded one, then there's like Hungary, there's multiple Chinese, Japanese, mm. um, there's, uh, Jesus Christ, there's so many. There's Arab ones, there's um, there's even like Holland, there's Canada. Cool. US, <laughs> obviously, Carthage, surely. US? So Carthage is one, I think. Um, I think you play, the, the leader for that is Dido. So I think. Sh- surely you, there's US, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. Yeah. Uh, there's US in the main game where you play as Teddy Roosevelt, or cool. you, the, the leader is Teddy Roosevelt, but then in the expansions, you can also be Abraham Lincoln. Oh, cool. Okay. Hey, it sounds like a ton of fun, man. Like, um, yeah, no, I'm well, I'm glad that you're doing that, Rich. It's keeping you busy, man. Keeping off the streets, you know? Yeah, I just got to find time in between work and the girlfriend. To play. Yeah, well, <laughs> now, 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 that, now that she's back, you know, like... Yeah, basically, it's like you better, you know, you've got to kind of like prioritize and make time and all that kind of stuff. Like, welcome to the world of relationships, Rich. Navigating that world, man. You know? Will you, yeah, be, will you be a monster not, like me? I'm not, I'm not complaining. Will you be an emotionless monster like me? You know? Probably Pro- not. Probably not. Probably not as bad as me, I'd say. I'd say you've got more emotions than me. You know, I'm running on blood and death, basically. Michelle looks in my <laughs> eyes and she's like, is anyone there inside? And I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. I yeah, mean, that's pretty bad if you're not sure. I right? said the other day, I said, maybe we're all robotic and maybe we're all in a simulation. And she was just like, I don't even know what to say to that. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's what I'd expect. That's what I'd expect yeah. from a program, you know? Very bad. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know what to make from half the things you say, though, Dave. So sure. to be fair. That's fine. Man. I agree. You're, you're, a bit, you're a bit out there. <laughs> now... Uh, Rich, you finally got a chance to do an obituary. I normally do them. We've all heard it before about the Reaper and everything, but I don't want to step on this obituary. I'm going to give it to you, Rich. We had a big loss in comic books this week, man. Take it away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I only just found about it uh, today, but uh, Al, uh, Alan or Al Jaffe uh, from uh, Artist uh, Mad Magazine, but yeah. I think he was like the longest-running artist or um on that thing, he he did a lot of the art, but he also was the guy that did the fold out. Yes, which I remember. Stuff in it, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So he's he's passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he was one hundred and two. Uh, yeah, one hundred and two. Yeah, I mean, he was, oh. yeah. So he uh, <laughs> he put in a a, a century. So yeah. you know, he can certainly retire to the pavilion in the sky now. Do you think uh, Don Perlman, who's in his nineties, can can cross that hundred as well? You know, Don Perlman, catch me in the summer. Um. 
I mean, I hope so. I gotta hope so. Yeah, Don said he wasn't kind of up to a, a podcast anymore, but oh, my heart goes out to the guy. I want him to make the hundred. You know what I mean? Like Don, if they have to put you in cryogenic freezing, whatever they need to do, you know, just to make the hundred. Once you get into the nineties, that's all I'd be thinking about. You know what I mean, Rich? That would be my goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That would be my goal, man. I'd be like, but hopefully by that point, almost heading a tank style from me. You know. And and I can just yeah. watch the cricket, make some comments. But I mean, I, could, but is, I don't even think Mad Magazine is not a thing anymore, right? Like it hasn't been a thing for a few years. No, they they DC bought them, I believe, and then folded them. Like uh, I no, 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 they bought them ages ago, though. Like, no, I know, I know, but but then they folded them. Like they were folded when when Warner's when DC moved offices to um to California it was around then. That, that mad folded. It was around then. I, I like. I'm not saying to the day, but it was around the same time. So a few years ago, yeah, yeah. It was like it's probably closing in on ten years. I'd say, you know. But if the guy was 102, I mean, Jesus, he'd probably done his best work by that point. I would think. You know. Uh yeah, he definitely did fantastic work. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, not as kind. I'm gonna give uh, appraisal review of your obituary. Not enough emotion. Not enough talk about the Reaper. Um, kind of more laid back than my than my obituaries. I found very kind of chilled. Uh, I'm you know? very laid back when it comes to death. Yeah, but but like you got to dramatize a little bit, man. You know, you got to make uh, people, you got to make people feel like death is a visitor that we all must face, and that death came to Al Jaffe, and it could just as easily come to the listener. You know that kind of style, like that gonna... sounds like that sounds like terrible uh, news, um, <laughs> uh, fear mongering. I'm afraid. I'm just trying to say, inject I, a bit I, of pers- subscribe to that. You got to inject a bit of personality to the obituaries. If you're going to do obituaries from now on, Rich, you've really got. I think you got to up the game. Next time, I want more drama, and we need more on the guy's life. Would have been great if you had some quotes from the family. Stuff like that. Think about that, man, next time. A legend died. A legend has passed, Rich. That's all I'll say. Many legends pass every time, every day, mate. Yeah, that's true. I can't, unfortunately, I can't get broken up over all of them. No, I'm not broken up, man, but like, I'm just, you know, you get the emotions churning for the listeners. Just a bit of, you know, constructive criticism there. Now, you could, you could call it constructive criticism, <laughs> I call it fake, uh, fake tears, crocodile tears. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude. It, like, all due respect to Al Jaffe, my day's continuing on just fine. You know what I mean? But there'll be some mad magazine guy out there who's, like, probably weeping, you know, wash, wiping his, you know, eyes with the, the character, whatever that character's name was. It's on all the mad magazines and just, oh, woe is me. And, you know, I will say to them, 102 is a great age. You know what I mean? You, you reach 102, you've seen... What, like, let's think about it. Has he seen... No, he hasn't seen two world wars because the first one was over. when He he, he was born just after the first one finished. Yeah, 19, 1921. Wow. He saw the Depression, man. He was a young man mm-hmm. in the Depression. Saw WW2. That's the one we didn't lose. To quote Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, <you're> not wrong. <laughs> I always quote that because Johnny... WW2, that's the one we didn't lose. Um, yeah, uh, you know, he saw Vietnam, he saw Korea. He went where he was sent by Uncle Sam. Uh, quoting from Rackett Old Flag there. <laughs> saw Gulf War. 
so Grenada, mm-hmm. so Gulf War Two, Vietnam, so Vietnam. I mentioned Vietnam. <laughs> so what else did he say? Civil War? No, he didn't say this. American Civil War wasn't at old. Um, saw a lot though. Saw a hell of a lot of war when you think about it. Saw saw man landing on the moon. Was was it was what in his thirties when man landed on the moon? Rich. Yeah, I think he would have been. Yeah. Yeah, or even forties. Because they landed in 69, he's born in 21. I'm putting that age at about mm, 48-ish. Uh, yeah. Saw a lot, man. Saw a hell of a lot in his innings. And put yeah. a lot of that work back into Mad Magazine, which is where we know him from. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved Mad Magazine growing up, uh, honestly. like it. Uh, but I'm not surprised that it probably didn't you know, continue... Sure. Well, it was uh, fun. I mean, it was fun how they always used to do the parodies of the movies and stuff. Like, I was never, like, a diehard, but I had friends who collected it, so I'd read theirs and stuff, and I always thought it was fun. You know, it was definitely humorous, very satirical, mm. um, and, and kind of silly as well, but, you know, in a fun way, you know? Now, I've been catching up with pop culture, which I've, I'm all caught up on my pop culture this week. I've watched the Blue Beetle trailer. Have you seen it, Rich? I have. Okay, I made some comments. I watched it today. Firstly, I will say it was extremely generic. Not necessarily a bad thing. It was very Spider-Man meets Iron Man, I felt. Um, is that a good thing? I, I, I sort of think it is. I kind of dug it. And final thought, at least they're exploring a new character who I think has some legs. I'm not saying this is a billion-dollar movie, but I'm saying I think it's a decent character... They're giving a real sort of spit and polish, like it looks, feels fresh, and yet very Spider-Man meets Iron Man in how it looked. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know the Beetle could go into the um, space, um, the Scarab and all that. Like, I think it's kind of fascinating. What I know of Blue Beetle is mostly from Brave and the Bold, but, um, mm. and some of the animated films. Uh, look, I thought it seemed okay. What did you think, Rich? Give me your thoughts. I it's, it was pretty mediocre. Um, like I mean, not again. It's again. It's one of those things where I mean, I'm not offended. Sure. But uh, I'm also not. You're not loving it. I'm not thrilled. No. Like you don't sound thrilled. <laughs> I mean, it just it's but it just looks like the same old shit. Like that's yeah. that's what I mean. Like it's just like. It's very generic. You know, it's it's at some point you just kind of be like, um, yeah, I feel like I've seen this movie a thousand times now. Well, it's almost like they went, to me, it felt like they went like the very first Spider-Man kind of thing and went, let's mix that with Iron Man. Like Spider-Man's personality with Iron Man. And they were like, let's just mash that together and throw it out there. That's how it felt. But I did like the colorization of the Beetle. I've, I always th- I thought it looked cool, the graphic of it, like the, I guess, Shum CGI or whatever. The, the design of the Beetle I thought seemed cool. Um, it was a pretty short trailer. There wasn't a lot to dig into. It was pretty generic. Um, what's the reaction out there, Rich? Have you heard many people reacting to it? Like, am I the only person? I thought it seemed promising. Do you, what, are, what, are you, what are your I, Again, I haven't heard any buzz about it. No buzz? Apart from me. No. I was buzzing. I was buzzing. Barely. Well, slightly buzzing, yeah. Um, okay, so you're not thinking this is going to be... I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it seemed better than a lot of the uh, superhero stuff of recent times. I felt it was... 
It I, looks the same to me. That's that's the thing. Like, mm. it doesn't look any different. Yeah, but I like Blue Beetle and the designer Blue Beetle, and I like Jamie Reyes. Although suddenly we're not calling him Jamie Reyes. What's his name? He's got a different. Like you say Jamie differently now. Like, what, how am I supposed to pronounce? No, him? I think that's his. Um... I think that's his like nickname or something. Oh, so I've always said Jamie Reyes, and I was like, "Am I? Have I been saying this wrong for like well, you know, however many years he's been around?" They were calling him like Jaime, and I was like, "Yeah, Jaime is his like nickname." Okay, well that makes a bit more sense. Um, I didn't like the guy who said Batman's a fascist. That annoyed me. Um, but you know what? That'll I'm sure that's out of context though. You'll probably find like he's he's the the crazy like you know guy who thinks every you know yeah everything's fascist no i'm I'm sure it's for laughs yeah no i agree when i say i didn't like it i'm kind of joking um yeah look we'll we'll see uh in cinemas for you rich or not or or wait till Mm, it comes on stream probably probably not yeah yeah okay now i saw if you recall late last year i played dion in a match of tennis and it was for it was technically supposed to be for a hundred bucks, but I obviously beat him, kids. So those who don't know, it was six four six love, and um, it's taken until April. But we finally cashed that bet in. He had to take me to dinner and a movie. Went with his daughter, his um, his pal Con um, and Con son. It was lovely, and we went and saw. And it was even more lovely because Dan was paying. And uh, we went and saw the D and D movie, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, and had a nice um, sort of meal afterwards. Now. I have my review of Dungeons & Dragons. Now, we will get into it later. The night before, Richard, you told me the thing about no half-elves, and I lost my shit on the internet, and I was super grumpy, as only I can get grumpy. When I, You don't want to get really grumpy, Rich, and I want to basically tear it all down. That's the kind of mood I was in. And so I went into the film. My emotions were unsettled. Dion reminded me about the half-elves just as the movie was about to start. And I said, shut up. Um, but... It was better than I expected, quite a bit better. My expectations, for some reason, were not high. I just didn't feel it was going to be a good movie. It is, I will say this, it's very lighthearted, it's it's fun, it's very colourful, it looks cool. It's like a big advertisement for D&D, like it's a quick tour of the world kind of thing, of the Forgotten Realms. Um, the acting is all good, Chris Pine is very good. Michelle Rodriguez is good. The other sort of minor characters are all good. Um, yeah, it's quite polished, actually. It's actually a lot better than I expected. Like, I, I, I'd comfortably give it 7.5 out of 10. Um, Hugh Grant's good as well. Uh, he's in it more than I expected. Um, yeah, there's not really any weaknesses. It's not... I'll tell you what it's not. It's not gritty Game of Thrones-style fantasy. It's more of a romp if you know what I mean, Rich. Um, a fun kind of romp. You might actually like it, Rich, because it is a bit more lighthearted, um, and yet, you know, still has moments of, well, some moments, I guess, of emotion. But, yeah, really better than I expected. Seven and a half out of ten. Um, and a good time was had, frankly. We all enjoyed it. Everyone everyone agreed it was a, it was a, it was a good film, you know? There's nothing wrong with a seven out of ten. Seven and a half from me, Rich. Seven point five. Nothing wrong with a seven out of ten. What do you do with it? With I I give point fives, as you know. No, it's definitely now. Let's have a look, Rich. At ha, have you? You obviously haven't seen it. Have you? 
been tracking? What what have people been saying, Rich? Have you had friends who've commented or who've seen it? Like, what's going on in your life, Rich? Let's get your Again, take. Like from what I've heard from you, all I really heard is that um, it mm. was eh. What do you mean? It was like it's okay. Like that's that's all I've heard from people is that like it's okay. Well, it's got a decent Metacritic score. Um, I think it's got a Metacritic score in the seventies. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's doing too badly critically. Um, you know, I think a question will be over the box office. Like, it's in that weird yeah, well, situation. Yeah, well, again, critically it means really nothing. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it I means mean, it's, what it's, critics... It's whether, it, it's, it's whether it makes money from people who go and watch it or sure. if it's a flop. Yeah, true. Like, you, could, you can make a fantastic movie. doesn't mean it won't be a flop. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, yeah, but like critically, uh, word of mouth kind of thing as well is important. Okay, it's got a 72 on Metacritic, so it's, it's in the green pretty easily. Got a user score of 7.7. I, I'd agree with both these scores. Um, this really is a big moment. I said, you know, around the table or eating afterwards, I said, if this film makes more than 500 million, we'll see a sequel in seconds. Uh, Con, so far it's on 126. It's been out for two weeks, so I think it's going to struggle to make 500. I can't see where it's going to get to 500. <coughs> Excuse me. From here. I can't... I mean, maybe it will, maybe... But it just feels like after two weeks, if you're sitting on 126, not many movies make 500 million, you know? Again, uh, again, I've heard that it's okay, and I've also seen that it's mm. not exactly set in the, uh, the box office... Uh... Uh, a flame or a light or anything. It's not exactly putting bums in seats either. So, what what kind of total do you think it'll a sequel? I, I, I think it'll get a ah. sequel. I think it will. I mean, it, it may get a sequel. It depends on how much it costs to make this movie, and if if they just break even, they might just go. Pff. Well, there I, I saw a thing where they were quite look, and as always with Hollywood, like you take these budgets with a grain of salt. But I saw it had a budget of one hundred and fifty uh, at one point. So. I mean, look, looking at these numbers and my knowledge of box office, it'll definitely cross 250, I would think. The budget but... seems very low for a, a special effects-laden movie, though. It's, can I say this? It, it is a good-looking movie, but it's it's not the biggest movie of all time, if you know what I mean. A lot of the set pieces, you can see where they spent the money uh, and where they held back. It is a good, it is, it is a good-looking movie. Look, I actually think that when you see it, you'll be like, oh, it's not too bad. Um, uh, con though I wanted to bring this up because I said this comment I said, at the, I said at the table I said look 500 million this will get a sequel um, it's a strong movie good cast if it makes money they'll churn another one out Con made the point I said Dave what you've got to remember is the advertising factor for d and it's a good point um, as in like name recognition you know it goes through cinemas it's had good buzz on it it'll go to streaming Blah blah blah. Will that be enough to guarantee it a sequel, even if it only makes say three hundred million? Um, I think it's a decent point from Con. Like D and D is a big property. Um, they've greenlit the Dragonland show with that Joe Manganiello uh, as well. That got greenlit basically the week and this came out. I'm sure by no coincidence. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it's advertising the pr- the product as well. That it should be enough if it makes and let's say it makes three hundred. Maybe that'll be enough to, to, to green light a sequel. What do you think, Rich? I think it needs to make more. Yeah. I I, 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 I think 500 mil is minimum for a sequel for that. 
I don't see how it'll get there looking at these numbers after two weeks. I mean, unless there's something I'm not, you know, unless I unless I'm missing something. Unless well, I'm... I don't. Well, the thing, another reason why it's not, I guarantee you, uh, everyone's going to go see the Mario movie. Oh, the Mario movie's going to make a ton more money than this. Yeah. Now like, look at look um, at this. Look at Chris Pine's uh, Star Trek Beyond, which made three hundred and forty three million. That was obviously considered a flop. The budget was one hundred and eighty five. So it's not that different. Um, I, I I don't think this movie D and D will make much more than about three hundred three hundred to three fifty. I think it'll be sort of like scrape there. You know, I could be wrong. Yeah. I will keep our eye on it. I think it's interesting. Look, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. I'm glad it's happened. It washed away a lot of the bad taste of the original movie 20 years ago, um, which was so disappointing, and I saw that in cinemas uh, as well. But it was so disappointing because it just felt like they just didn't try. Um, they've definitely tried harder this time, and they've sort of got it better. It could be it could be better. It could be bigger. All these things. I will say one thing, Rich. Have you ever caught the D&D cartoon from the 80s? Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, the um, the one where the kids get sucked into the, yes. the world. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So those kids um, are in this movie in, in, in a in a full scene um, when they're fighting at the end, like in this arena thing. Um, those kids are in the maze, and you actually see the the kid get the axe. The, the I and I was trying to. See, it's it, what you know what annoyed me. It cuts to them really quickly and cuts off them. So it almost doesn't give you a chance to see them properly. Like obviously, if you freeze framed it, if you were at home streaming, I, I wondered for a second if they were the kids aged up, but no, they were still at the roughly roughly the ages they were in the show. And you had Bobby get the barbarian get get his axe and all that sort of stuff. And then at the end, um, in this maze, the goal is to get to like this cage in the middle. And spoilers, kids, it's not that exciting. Anyway, um, they, they make it to the middle. Which it turns out isn't the actual full end of the of the game, but they do get there, so they do survive the maze, and it was cool. Um, I almost wish, Rich, that if they're bothering to do that, they would have let them interact with the party of the actual thing. What? Why do we have to have these scenes? That, so they they cut away so quickly. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like they're embarrassed. You know. As, I don't know. As I said, I would have preferred that they actually made the movie about with those characters. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been really cool. I would have liked it if those... I, I would have settled for if they'd had a line with the characters, the main characters, like Chris Pine, etc. play. Um, it's very blink and you miss it. And they don't really have proper dialogue. They're making noise, but it's not really anything concrete, you know, or substantial, mm. I guess is the better word. But it's fun they're there, you know, and they do survive. Um, yeah, look, uh, I just think with D&D, there's so much they could do with it. Um, and I think, I actually have a feeling that if they if they hold their nerve, these D&D movies could be really, could they could turn out to be a real sort of fertile ground for movie making. I think it's there. Um, and I think this showed, these directors showed that they've actually got the smarts to do it. It wasn't as marvelly as what you would expect either, Rich. You know? I would say it was actually a lot more interesting than many a Marvel movie, actually, frankly. It was a little bit more... Um, it's definitely humorous. Like, it's all played for humour. You know how, like, Princess Bride is played for humour? Um, it's, yeah. it's not that level of quality, 
but it's, I was going to say I doubt it's as funny as Princess and Charming as Princess. No, it's Bride. not. It's not. But but it's a bit whimsical. Um, it does have some really good set pieces. Uh, you certainly walk away from thinking, oh, that was a good effort. Like they did pretty well there. Like of course they could have done better, but. All in all, I think 7.5 out of 10 is definitely where I'll sit with it. And we'll keep watching the box office and we'll try to will it to 500, but I think it's going to struggle to get there. And, and partly the reason for that is I think Mario um, is just a, going to be a huge hit, I think. like I, I just, Oh, yeah. Mario is just going to come and eat its lunch, unfortunately. Yeah, and look, that's that's capitalism. That's, you know, it is what it is. Mario has a bigger footprint. Um in pop culture and, and like, you know, it's no it's no surprise. I, I think these two movies can coexist. Um we'll see. We'll we'll see. Let's have a look at Super Mario Brothers. Um is that what it's called? Super Mario Brothers? The Super Mario Brothers. You haven't seen it yet, have you, Richard? No, it no, I think it, I th- yes. Uh, I'm seeing it tomorrow, yeah. Okay, so Super Mario has been out since a, a week, basically. It's made four hundred and twenty seven million two hundred and forty in the US. And 187 internationally for 427, and it's it's barely been out a week. Okay, so that's a movie that's gonna really, that's that's as you say, that's eating a lot of lunches uh, of the D and D movie. But I do wonder if, and maybe I'm being optimistic here, some of these people who saw Mario in the first week may go back and see D and D the next week. It could happen, you know. D and D because it's good word of mouth. Good, what I'm saying is good word of mouth. You know, like. People are like, oh, look, it's a fun movie. Go check it out. You know, it might crawl its way. I think D&D will be lucky to get to 300. If, if it gets to 300 worldwide, I think that will be, I think, almost lucky, you know? Mm. So, but anyway, Mario. And so next week, Rich, you can give us a Mario review. Now, I've got two reviews, actually, which I'll read out for Mario while we're discussing it. I haven't seen it myself, but Dion went and saw it and also Adam the Computer went and saw it. And they gave me two different reviews, so I'll, I'll read them out. Um, Dion wanted me to pay him for his review. I said, it's not happening. Um, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> seriously, like, why am I friends with this person? Like, um, yeah, I, I have to, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the review and I have to scroll through, like, insult after insult from him. Okay, here it is. Uh, he said, you, he, I owe him 50 bucks. I said, I owe you a cup of coffee. And you're lucky to get that. Okay, here he goes. This is Dion's review. Super Mario was a decent movie. A simple story, but executed well. Jack Black as Bowser stole the movie, the show for me, as well with the standout performance. The movie has some nostalgia, but leaned heavily on Mario Odyssey. My ten-year-old uh, loved the movie and thought it was brilliant, show, showing it resonated with the younger audience as well. They explained the accent change well, and it fit the story. I feel Chris Pratt did a good job of portraying Mario. Seven point five out of ten. So that was Dion's review. Um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty fair review. And uh, here we go. Um, and here's Adam the Computer. Mario Brothers was okay. Fun for kids, but like most Illumination movies, not that interesting for adults. The Mario games are generally... The Mario games normally are thin in story and character, so whatever story you might have in your mind's eye is likely better. The story is pretty standard, and the things from the trailer that look like the game are usually just in one scene, in that one scene. So no obstacle courses um, throughout, like your classic side-scrolling games, no Smash Brothers arenas, except when the show except what they show on the trailer. Fun cameos type stuff is the most entertained I was. Six out of ten. Prefer the Hoskins movie. So there you go. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot take. Um, that's, 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 a, that's definitely a, um, 
No one prefers that movie. Fuck off. Like, seriously. Like, <laughs> like that's not even a serious well, comment. Well, the computer does. Adam the computer does. No, you know? no, no. By the way, Adam the computer's clone won the election up in Terrigal. There was an Adam the computer crouch running up there. I said it was one of his clones. You know, they're slowly, they're slowly taking over. All the way from Dayton, Ohio. I wonder if Adam the computer controls them all in his lab. You know? He's got them. He's got them sprinkling all around oh, the world. Even if, even if he did, he, I don't think he would tell you. <laughs> well, I'm trying to. You know me. I'm I'm happy to side with the bad guys. You know, if we're going to take over the world, I'm happy. Get me in on the ground floor. Um, now, okay. So we we have that. The next week we'll have Rich. will have your review, which is obviously going to be the final word on the matter, and obviously your girlfriend's review, because I assume you two are singing together as a couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, she's a she loves Nintendo, man. She's excellent. Um, well, that's good. So that's excellent. So she'll be able to give a review. Now, you brought this D and D news to me about half elves. Can you take? I, I... No, no. You you've missed you've misheard. What? It's not half elves. It's half what? anything. Uh, explain there's, to there's, me. There's, there's no half anything. There'll be no half elves. No half orcs. No half dwarves. It's it's racist. What, what do you mean? Like what about have, an elf uh, and a half. human? But what nope. about an elf and a human having nope. a baby? They they're doing away with half races. Really? Yeah. I didn't realise. Fuck, I hate this saying that they're using now. Too problematic. Fuck, I hate it. Can I just say that? Like, firstly, I hate that more than I hate this half-elf shit. Like, okay, I, I'm confused. I Like, I thought they were saying that um, it was like, a, there was a big debate on Facebook, which I was struggling to understand, but it was like, they're going to make it the D- DM's discretion and there's no set rules anymore for what that no. half-elf will be? No. So Dungeons & Dragons will no longer include mixed species such as half-elves and half-orcs to address the really? inherent racism in the game. I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand where the racism is. <laughs> I love that. I don't know. I just love the <laughs> comment. Like, it's stated as fact yeah. as part of addressing the apparent racism inherent in the game mm. uh, but i i i'm straight i'm still confused like in the game like i've played D since the 80s i know it's been around earlier than that but i i played the advanced Dungeons and dragons rules they definitely had half or they always had half elves i mean fuck tannis half elven and it's all ripped off lord of the rings and elrond half elven like that's what that's what we got a lot of this shit from kids um I'm confused. And there were half orcs. And all it meant was that an elf and a human had a baby. And it was a half elf. Because it was literally that's what it was. And I don't understand how... And the half orc, if anything was going to be problematic, it was that. Because the orcs were in general the baddies. So I, I always took it as a half orc could usually have been but, the result of a, a rape and pillage okay. scenario. But, you know, <laughs> this is why I find... The word, the term, mm. progressive, sure, to be so fucking stupid, because all you're doing is you're progressing in a circle, right? Because sure. you are now, we have moved so far mm. to the left, or, or or so far on your progressive trail that you are now championing <laughs> segregation and not mixing the races. Like that That's is true. literally. That is literally a racist argument saying like, oh, you shouldn't mix. You know what I mean? Whites and blacks shouldn't mix or, or, you know, Mm. uh, Asians or whatever shouldn't mix. That is literally 
what race is that what it really is? is? Like they 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 just, they just want everyone to stay with their own kind, kind of thing. Is that is basically that it? yes? That seems weird to me. I I didn't realize it was that. I I thought it was that the rules, like okay, for for people who don't play D and D, like in the game, there's you know like dwarves, humans, elves, fucking orcs, and then half elves and half orcs and a few other races as well. But in essence. These races all have characteristics. The humans are kind of, in general, the everyman approach. Like, they're, they're, they're sort of good at everything but not great at anything and not terrible at anything. Whereas most of the races, from memory, are usually... You, you might get a plus on some stats but a negative on some others. Like, that's how it kind of has worked. I know they may have moved away from that very recently, but in general, that's how it worked. Um, and elves had, you know, various abilities like seeing in the dark and stuff and a half elf had some of the elves abilities dialed down a bit but also some of the human stuff as well they were pretty good half elves were a pretty handy race to be fair they were one of the better races um but and they even had story components like it was like they were often ostracized from their elven brethren because they were half and not seen as pure and also humans were a bit standoffish at times and half orcs were much more prejudiced against because orcs in general in the game up until like the last year were mostly evil. Not 100% all the time, but mostly seen as evil and rampaging and all that kind of shit. And a half orc did face a little bit of sort of prejudice or whatever you want to call it. Like people are a bit standoffish to them, um, you know. I want, I want to read you something. It just shows you how much of a pussy, like, um, Wizards of the Coast is, right? Yeah. This is an apology they wrote for... Um, Fuck them. For, for uh, Spelljammer. So, it says, yeah, we apology. want to acknowledge and own the, incl- uh, the inclusion of offensive material within oh. our recent Spelljammer adventures in space content. Fuck. We failed you, our players and <laughs> our fans, and we are truly sorry. The campaign includes a people called Hadozi, which first appeared in 1982. Regrettably, <laughs> not all portions of the content relating to the Hadazi were properly vetted before oh appearing in their most recent release. As we continue to learn and grow through every situation, we recognize that to live our values, we have to do better. Gotta hate them. I fucking hate them. And they go, yeah, throughout the 50-year history of Dungeons, some of the characters in the game have been monstrous and evil, using descriptions that are painfully reminiscent of how real-world groups have been and continue to be denigrated. Oh. No, no, no one has ever, ever called a black person an orc. No, no one person no, no, in the not until recently. has walked up a black person and said, even, even behind their backs, and said, you orc? No. Like, seriously, man. What the fuck did they come up with this shit? It's bullshit, man. It really is. And, and I think that they're... Uh, firstly, there's a huge culture war going on inside Wizards. Um, I think that they're, they're almost like self-flagellating themselves. Like, they're just... They're, 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 they're almost throwing themselves into the fire to prove how pure they are. Almost. That's almost what it is. And it's sad. Like, they're making D&D worse at a moment when they have a movie in cinemas. Yeah, but they're not but they're not even but this is the problem is you're not catering to your audience. You're no. catering to people on Twitter who yeah. don't even play your fucking game, man. It's why your sales are down. It's why like 
there isn't a big uproar to go see your movie because you are not catering to your fans, the people that don't have a fucking problem with, you know, with the shit in the game, that don't want the things changed yeah. for the sake of changing them. You don't give a shit about them. All you care about is these fictitious people on on Twitter that mm. don't exist as a customer for you. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's fucking mind-boggling. Um, the level I'm of sure ho- some of them do, but not not to the degree where they're your main yeah yeah um, the, um, consumers. The the level of apology is way too much as well. Like it's not like oh it's such groveling man. Yeah, it's like so like groveling. dude, it's it really is way too far how they're going like about it. Like it's crazy. Like, and I think that I mean I'm pretty sort of progressive in a lot of ways. Like really honestly, in, at my heart. And well, I thought I was until 2020. I, I'm uh, rolling my I'm rolling my eyes, man. I'm rolling my eyes at this stuff because I'm like, I'm sorry. It's a fucking sword and sorcery game. There's always been in these games and novels and stuff in general, the battle between good and evil. There are good guys and bad guys. Like it is part of the game. You know what I mean? And yes, you can in, in bring more nuance in, but at its essence, there really is that kind of storyline to it, and. You know, there have to be baddies, you know, to make the game interesting, like, frankly. Um, and, you know, I, I agree that you can have orc tribes that aren't, aren't evil. But I think you've always had those as well. Like, I'm also, like, like I'm remembering games where we met orcs that weren't crazy killers. You know what I mean? Like, um but then you could also play a, a, a situation game where you go through a dungeon and you're just killing all these creatures you come across in general without any real fucking thought about it. Um, that's just the game. Like, I don't know. I don't quite know what they're trying to achieve here. Like other than making it very divisive. And I think, yeah, but, what they, yeah. but what they don't understand, right. Is if everything is nuanced, then nothing is nuanced. Right. Yeah. And when you're playing a game, you just need bad guys. Yeah. You just, you just need cannon fodder. Yeah. Right? Like, that's all it is. It's just fucking cannon fodder. Otherwise, you've got no one to kill. Otherwise, you'd be playing the game going, oh, let me find out if this person is actually good or bad, or maybe they're just having a bad day, or, you know, yeah. or maybe they're back. It's like, no, you just want to play a game where you have to fight things and kill things and level up. Like, what the fuck does it have to be yeah. so complicated for? And also, why is D&D, like, the only game in the world that seems to be having these fucking issues? Like, if you go and play Diablo when it comes out... Well, Richard... people only, only care about the big-name shit, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Mate, Diablo... Is, uh, Blizzard's been doing the same thing. Like, really? They've, they, for their game Overwatch, they literally have an algorithm that helps them... Every time they create a new hero, that they tick as many demographic boxes as possible. Yeah. It's why so many of the characters in that game have got, like, uh, prosthetics or or, you know... Uh, missing limb, you know what I mean? Um, have some sort of like um, handicap, right? Do you know okay. what I mean? It's, it's it's why yeah, it's why so many of them are like not your traditional looking characters or anything like that. They literally have an algorithm mm. to see what people are wanting and what they're missing, but not like in general, just like for certain specific demographics. It's interesting. So as well, um, Michael Kellishan brought this to my attention. D and D had a summit. Uh, creators, a creators summit, like back on like the third or fourth of April, and it was hilarious because um, 
it was a lot of stuff. They, they wanted to talk about their D&D Next or whatever, or their, their virtual tabletop system and all this stuff. And so they brought people in, but they also had people online. But what they weren't expecting, this is fucking hilarious, that a lot of the people they brought in had all these questions that they didn't want to tackle. That, that like wizards were totally it was so weird because they actually vetted people to know what they want to talk about but then it seemed like they were totally unprepared so you did have your radicals in there going we want more progressive characters and we want more progressive people on the board of D&D and stuff and blah 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 and then you had all but you had all these people as well who just weren't happy with what wizards were doing like really pulling wizards apart and wizards were apparently the executives were completely caught off guard like completely, like completely out of touch with their audience. They had a, like a community manager who was aware, because of course, can you imagine the poor person who's the community manager for their Twitter feed? I I feel sorry for that person. You know what I mean? Like having to listen to the fucking whining and crybabies who are saying there aren't, you know, why why the orcs evil and like all this shit. Like, oh, you know, what half elves are so racist. Um. At a certain point, apparently, one of the vice presidents was battling to even sort of grasp whatever question this person was lobbing at them, and the community organiser had to take it off the vice president to answer the question and to placate the masses. Apparently, it was a real shit show. Like, a really... It was supposed to be... They were billing it as a and a but what it really was was sit down and listen to our PowerPoint presentation, and, and apparently it caused a massive amount of just bad will at the, at the thing. And it was agitators from all sides, you know, people who were just pissed off with wizards for many reasons, like some of them radical left, some of them the old guys who just hate what they're doing, everything. And apparently Wizards of the Coast were completely caught off guard, which is hilarious, Rich, to me. I thought, oh, I mean, it's hilarious, but also not hilarious. Like, it's not funny either. Like, it's... I find it funny, <laughs> but it's like, also sad. Like, yeah, yeah they it's like funny, sad. Like, it's it's one of those like, it's funny, but not like a joyful funny. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, but, but, but what I'm trying to understand. Here's what I'm trying to understand. Okay, I look, I get it. Like, this is the funniest thing about the corporates, and and Marvel um, and Disney are guilty of this just as much as. Um, wizards like they spent years doing their fucking cookie cutter appeal to spider-man x-men fans you know what i mean and dnd spent years doing its generic like appeal to the you know the, the fan base the geek white fan base kind of thing blah 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 like you know years successfully too can i say and you know and then for fucking finally they, there was like this moment where they realised there was this other fan base, and I think they thought it was a lot bigger than what it was. But what I find so strange is, just as they did that for many, many years, now they're really trying to cater to that other fan base, but they they don't realise there's no balance, as what I'm trying to say. They they don't offer a, a balanced offering; they overcompensate. That's what I'm trying to say. Both of them have overcompensated so wildly. They've they've sort of alienated so men, much of their old fan base, and I don't think that they that this new fan base is in huge number. You know, um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's the classic corporate overcompensation. But how can someone 
if I can see it here, and I'm not connected to it, like, I don't really care that much about any of it. Like, you know, it takes one executive with some power to realise, okay, we need to correct you. You know, we've gone too far one way. Um, you just need to punch out some titles that the old geeks want. Like, it's that simple. You know, it's not that hard. And, again, like, this whole thing about diversity, I mean, it's a pretty diverse game anyway, and you can probably give these people some some bits and pieces, but you don't need to restructure your whole fucking game and, like, ban half-elves and half-orcs and use words like inherently racist. Like, you, you people are bad, Rich. We're so bad. We've played D&D since the 70s and 80s, and we're just so terrible. How do we ever live with ourselves? It's like, you're the people who created the fucking game. <laughs> you know, or if you haven't created it, you've milked it for 20 years. However long Wizards have owned Dungeons and Dragons, like sometime in the early 2000s, I think, or late 90s, like you spent a long time profiting off the exact same stereotypes. A long time. It's very recent this flip. So, I'm trying. What I'm trying to say is, like, I'm. I'm. I, I was surprised that the executives weren't aware of that because it seems like they've tried to cater to that fan base. But maybe the executives just aren't even aware of what's going on in the game, really, at the very granular level. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I also find is so sad is that, like, when they finally get the property to be, like, worldwide recognition, mm. right? Like, everyone, like, before D&D was, like, you either didn't know about it or you knew that it was for nerds, right? Yeah, yeah, like, 100%. But yeah. now, it, it, where it said it's, it's like, it, but it's not just D&D, it's Marvel. It's, whenever, like, they are at the height of their, like, um, yeah. consciousness, right? Or their, their pop culture consciousness. And yet they keep making all the wrong decisions. And now they, they it's like they intentionally or unintentionally, like, are now ruining the brand once they finally got it to be yeah. super popular. Which it's just... It's mind-boggling. It doesn't And you know what's also funny? When you when it breaks big, when it breaks really big, these kind of things and comics are the same. People, a lot of people, and it might be prejudice, whatever you want to call it, they hate the new the new new stuff. When they when they think Spider Man's really big and cool and stuff, they want to see Spider Man. And when it turns out to be someone else other than Spider Man, but sort of similar. They actually hate it. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, what the fuck? You fucked up Superman? You fuck, you know, their reaction is actually very sort of predictable. And, uh, like, that's the mass audience. The mass audience, like, I'm sorry, it's not a sophisticated animal. You know, it's not. It, the mass group audience that you're going for, they well, don't, you know... It's, if you were a band, right, and you made it big... You would play what what brought you to the the party, yeah, like yeah. you know, if you were a band and you were plugging away and plugging away, and you finally made it big. Let's say you were playing rock and roll, and you finally made it big, you wouldn't just automatically switch to smooth jazz. Exactly, and the, and the second they do that is when they lose their audience. You know, yeah, like but that's, yeah, it's I don't know, it's, it's like, so bizarre. What what I'm trying to say is like when I was big into D and D. I've enjoyed some of the niches as well. Like, I loved Oriental Adventures. I loved Ninjas. I loved Samurais. I liked some of the stuff that was a bit off the beaten path. Now, Zeb Cook, when he was on the show, was making the comment that some of the stuff I really loved, Rich, it actually wasn't the biggest hit stuff because when they went away from the Western medieval formula, 
the the audience did not follow them on mass. You know, mm. when you went away from the made it, meat and potatoes of it, even though it was really cool, the, the the mass audience just didn't flock to it. Now, I'm not saying some of that stuff isn't really cool, but you need to satisfy the basic audience as well, like the that got you there, that keeps you there. You know, and you know they're sort of like moths to a flame. Um, I just think that there's some really sort of culture wars is a term a friend of mine used online to me that's happening inside Wizards, and I think it's it's weird, but it's also strange that the executives are so insulated from it. They seem so unaware of it. It's like so who who's making the calls then? Mm. You know, that's what's odd to me. Like maybe it is all just PR as well. If it's just the PR well, people, you know, I. I, okay, so the problem is, um, and I think it's uh, it's that there's they promoting younger people, right? Mm. Who, which is not not inherently a problem. So before I go into forward, I'm not saying more than I, I'm saying, but they, I think they're hiring younger people now who um, are more progressive, and so maybe they don't have a history with it, and when they see it. You know, because maybe they come from a different, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. you know, you come from a different department, you come from a different company, whatever. But, you know, you, you go where the money is or you, you oh, this shit's popular. I'm going to get in there and whatever. But I think those people are the ones who are now like, well, I need to use this to to push the message to, you know what I mean? To, um, uh, to, to make sure that people are represented because that's what I was taught or that's what I believe. And it's like they don't actually care about the the property they care about what can they say with the property what can they what what battles can they fight well what i find weird though is like in D, like honestly you could play a gay fucking half orc if you wanted to like really honestly there's nothing stopping you kind of thing like it's quite a flexible property and i think by trying to impose all these rules and exclusions now we're doing excluding things we're excluding half elves and Half orcs, they were inherently racist, Rich. Don't you realise? Like, like <laughs> you're taking away some of the flexibility. Because you honestly could. If I wanted to turn up and say I wanted to play a transgender warlock, like, honestly, you could. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not sort of hard. The way the game's set up, um, there's a lot of house rules as well. So if someone wanted to do something that was a bit off the off the books... That's quite possible in D and D, and it has been since its inception. So, it is quite a flexible game in a lot of ways. Is, like, but here's the thing: like, I feel like you, you should not be doing anything that is um, one that changes your law, and two, you should also not be really dictating law. Like, you should be only dictating rules, right? Game rules, yeah, yeah. system rules, all that sort of stuff. And yes, you can create stories and all that, and obviously your law. But I don't think that your law should contradict like the last forty years no. of of established sort of. I think it's I think it's a, think it's a real line in the sand moment. Apparently, a lot of people are pissed off, like a lot of people. Um, of course, they are because half things are super popular. I don't know if I don't know if they realize how fucking yeah. popular half races are. And dude, a lot of liberals, progressives like me, we were pissed off. You know, I, I'm no fucking. Like, you know what I mean? I'm 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 no flag waving fucking Nazi member here. I was I was like at first I was just like, how ridiculous. And then I was also like, 
What I don't need is that guy saying inherently racist. I that's what I don't need as well. Like I, I hate that schoolmaster, headmaster, tut tut tut. No, I'm sorry, we're adults and we've been playing your game for thirty years. You know? Yeah. And 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 you guys have sold plenty of fucking material based on that. So you don't get away so easily with all this shit. Um the same thing as like you you put out Spelljammer, you don't credit the original creator, and then you apologise as well for the original creator. Oh, it was so terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, buy the new supplement. Fuck you. You're fucking cowards. Really, you are. And I'm looking at the executive board, who seems completely out of... Hilariously, they seem out of touch and totally unaware it was even a thing. There's obviously people at um, Wizards who are very aware it's a thing and are probably trying to parrot as much PR progressive, uh, kind of radical left shit that they possibly can. Um, I just, I think it's a lot of hot air, man. I really do. If the executives are like, what the fuck are we even talking about here? And it's like, dude, this dialogue has been nonstop for the last two to three years. If you're unaware of that sitting in your ivory tower, you are out of touch with the business, big time. Like, you know, like, you just seem to not be paying any attention whatsoever. Um... Anyway, like it's a complicated topic. Um, I just, I just don't want them. I don't want them in books telling me that I can't play half elves, and we're removing them from books, and they were inherently racist. I'm like, fuck you. Why, why can't you put them in and say it's at the DM's discretion? You know. And if you've got some piece of shit pussy DM, I'd also like to have a conversation with that person and say, what's, what's racist about it? You tell me. You know, you tell me. I'm listening. <laughs> like yeah, I'm right. I'm right here. I'm willing to see what you yeah, think of. Yeah, a half elf and a human elf had a baby, just like Elrond was a half elf, and you all none of you had a problem with that. Um, you tell me what was inherently oh. racist there. Yeah, that reminds me. You're talking about Elrond or that um, in Magic the Ga- I think it's Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um, uh, they've made uh, Aragorn black. <laughs> Really? Yeah, on the, uh, on the, on the game. Because for inclusion, diversity. Aragorn. The, um, really? Yeah. Wow. What's he doing in Magic the Gathering? I think they've got, like, they do Lord of the Rings decks or something. I don't well, know. that's also bullshit as well. Can I say that? Like, because in um, Tolkien's world, I know they brought in the blacks in the Rings of Power, but in, in Tolkien's world, the blacks were further south really than in but but what i find so funny about like that especially like if you talk about Tolkien, all that Tolkien created that world for um he created it as um myth mythology for for the british people right for 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 the english people because you know being conquered by rome being conquered by uh the vikings all those stuff they've never had like a sort of a cohesive um sort of mythology right like um, like like the Norse do and and the Greeks and all that sort of stuff. So he wanted to create like, you know, uh, law, history, mm. uh, whatever. And I just think it's so funny that today they go like, eh, his stuff isn't exclusive. It doesn't. It's like yeah, well, it wasn't made for you. Like it was made for British people. So it yeah, I, I, I just don't get why it wasn't made for you. I don't care if you're Spanish. I don't care if you're American or whatever. It it was made for British people. Like it doesn't have to represent the whole world. Yeah, look, I hear what you're saying. So what do you, I'm, I'm typing this in. Aragorn is black. What was it in? 
I think it was It's Magic the Gathering. Jesus. That's a pretty fucking lame um, thing. Yeah, you are right. Uh, revealed their upcoming Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-earth set for Magic the Gathering will depict uh, Aragorn as a black man. That's uh, that's Wizards of the Coast as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said in the Magic the Gathering, I think it is, yeah. Jesus. Can, all I can say is fuck them. And, and I don't mean that like... Look, I don't know. I just think, what a fucking how lame, you know? Um, you you you're sort of changing the world, and just doing it. I don't know. And of course, there are articles here. Like, well, if you think it's if you think it's a problem, you're the one with the problem, Rich. Of course, they're like, well, yeah, well of course it is. But wait, can I find yourself? You know that show Vikings, right? I guarantee I you love that, that show is made right now. If that show was greenlit right now, half of them would be like. Black, Asian, Hispanic. <laughs> well, because they have to be more inclusive. Look, I don't, look, I don't mind that to a point. In it's in Vikings, because the Vikings did go into other cultures and were big slavers no, but what as well. What I'm saying is, they always overcompensate, Dave. Yeah. Yes, I understand that you want more representation, but you over they overcompensate. They it's a they it's a pendulum. It's never just a minor adjustment. Yeah. It's a fucking pendulum swing. Yeah, it is, and and I think it's bullshit that Aragorn's a black man in Magic: The Gathering. I just think that's, I, I just think that's, you know what that is? It's just cheap, fucking grab a headline stuff as well, and and they were probably so proud of themselves for doing it, um, and and I just think, well, not Tolkien's world. You fucked it up. Well done, you know, <laughs> like, like I I can I can get behind you know when we made um, what's his name. Lenny Henry, the Black Hobbit, remember that? And I was like, whatever. Like, it's a, it's a fucking made-up character. Like, Tolkien never even created this character. Like, I don't mind them turning up like that. Like, new characters, the Black Elf and stuff, no worries. But when they change Aragorn, a character of, of the books, you know, descended from Numenor, the Gondor Kings. Like, I'm sorry, it was a white superpower. It was. You know, it, that's what it was. You know, just like the in Tolkien's world, the the blacks and stuff who came from the south and everything and charged over on the elephants, etc., were all black. You know, and that's what they were. You know, and uh, it was like Arabic peoples and stuff, all that kind of stuff. Like it was in the fucking books. That was the way it was. You know, it was like in Britain, like back in the day, you didn't have black kings. You know. Because it wasn't the culture. Uh, do you know what I mean, Rich? Yeah. You, I, I mean, literally, it wasn't. It wasn't. That wasn't the culture, and I don't mean that racistly or anything. I'm just saying that wasn't what it was. And Tolkien wrote it like that. It's his world. The only reason you're doing that is to get the cheap headline. That's the only reason you're doing that, and. And you know that you'll get a certain percentage of people who will start accusing everyone who has a problem with it of being racist. And it's like, oh my God, it's so cynical. You know? Mm. It's so fucking cynical. I fucking hate Wizards of the Coast. I, I wish I hadn't known that. I didn't know that. And that annoys me, actually, frankly, because I think that's so stupid. Um, you're really changing the law now. You're, like, you, you're making fucking... Firstly... You're making fucking trading cards for a Magic the Gathering game, and you've obviously cut some sort of a deal with a Tolkien estate, and you just couldn't resist fucking with it a little bit, you know? You just couldn't resist. No, no, like b- b- before you know it, 
The next time it comes up, Sauron was a good guy all along. Oh. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. <laughs> They're still the show, bro. Like, Yeah, yeah. Just a misunderstood guy, man. Yeah, it's getting there. I guarantee you he'll have some sob story. Oh, yeah. he's. It's all Gondor's fault. How long before it's all Gondor's fault? Like, it's all going to be Sauron is misunderstood. Numenor are the baddies, um, you know, uh, like the hobbits. Still, the poor hobbits spent a whole season just trudging around. Remember, Rich, just from point A to point B, just endlessly. Um, nothing much happened. They just spent a lot of time wandering around. <laughs> like, yeah, they did, hey? Oh, they, fuck they did, man. Like, yeah, I like what I'm trying to say is I'm not against um, at all, actually, can I say, against uh, putting people of colour and stuff in the in these shows. Like, that's fine. But when you're changing core characters like that and race-swapping them, you're doing that for clicks. You're, it's silly. I'd rather what they do is is put the new characters in, like that Black Elf. I mean, he's not the world's greatest character, but he's there and he has a subplot. No problems at all. That's fine. But don't swap out the main guys who the audience knows... It's in the books, it was in the movies, and they know those characters. Because a lot of people, they can be watching that, if Black fucking Aragorn turned up on screen, they wouldn't even know who it is. Because they're expecting, most of them, if they've got any memory, are expecting Viggo Mortensen in the first place. You know? Mm. And if it's not him, they want someone who looks a bit like him. You know, which is not a hard look to pull off. You know what I mean? A certain kind of actor. You, you want someone of that type. The second it turns up and it's some, you know, some, some other guy, and they're like, Who? And they're like, that's Aragorn? Okay, I didn't realise Gondor was black. Oh, yeah, we just changed it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Gondor's whatever we want. It's all Asian now. <laughs> Turn up. It's like China's I, But I guess that's, <laughs> that's why I'm, I have more of an issue with than you do, right? Is mm. because um, I feel like you're not lacking for other stuff. Like, um, if I want to watch a, a, a show about, you know, uh, or a movie about a Chinese character or an Asian character, sure. fuck, I can go watch a Japanese movie, a Korean movie, a Chinese movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if you want, I, I, I don't see this like, we must be, re no, why? I, I don't see any other representation in those movies. You know, if, if I want to watch a Hispanic movie, whatever, well, there's fucking tons of movies from Spain and, and whatever, oh whatever. yeah, but we're supposed to pretend like they don't count. Like they yeah, also but, devalue their culture as well. You know, and if like, you say, "Oh, we want more representation," then go and find actual mm. characters that fit the description that you want or the race that you want, and make a fucking show or a movie about them. As I said, like there, there was a show, a, a movie, a TV movie. It was kind of like a four part or whatever about Shaka Zulu, mm. right? I mean, you could do a modern version of that, like. You know, you, you, I mean, what, Africa's what is that, Rich? Story. I don't even, I know the name of it. What is that? Is that like, um, he's just, a, he's, he was basically like a leader, chieftain, uh, uh, it's very like Othello kind of thing and all that, you know, oh. which doctor predicted that he would, you know, um, is it like a real thing? Like historical yeah, fiction? He's, yeah, he's a historical character, he even oh. fought against the British. Um, yeah, they said that he couldn't die and all that sort of stuff, you know, cool. what I mean? like, uh, and stuff. So, I mean, again, but that's my point. Like, see, no one knows that. Because you don't want to tell that story. Yeah, you would I know, rather I know take the a name. white character and yeah. make him black yeah. instead of actually telling a really cool 
yeah. a, a story about a black guy yeah. who, if, if you actually go and look up, just read uh, Shaka Zulu, some people call it Shaka the Zulu, just read up on this mm. guy and you'll go, good, this will make a good movie or a TV show or something like that. But they don't do it. Like mm. that's, you know, because that's too risky, you see. Then they have to admit failure if it <laughs> fails. If they if they change a thing and they and, and it fails, well, it's your fault for you being racist. But you can you also do you can also like, dude. There's so many things that they as we we try to like. There's been so many fucking movies with blacks leads and stuff. It's not like it's not like there's none. Like oh my god, like and thank god there are too. There's some of my favorite movies. But I was trying to think of um, uh, Django Unchained, which was like a, a revisionist western with a black lead. I want to say Jamie Fox. I thought was really yeah. good. Uh, that, that was really good. Like, that was an original story. Like, there's so many, though, dude. Like, I mean, how many? We're not going to sit here and list all the movies with black leads. Like, there's tons. But I don't know. I, 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 but I think, weirdly, some of these people think we're a lot further back than we actually are. And, and, and I don't think it's the mass audience. I, don't, I, I really believe that it's not like this massive audience of these poor disenfranchised black audiences were like, oh my God, we need Aragorn Black. I really don't believe that. I think a lot of them want their own fucking heroes. They want, you know, if they they, they, they love their Luke Cage, they love their Django Unchained, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's tons of them. So I think we're really sort of like, there's that sort of, um, it's that kind of white saviour thing where it's like, oh, we have to make amends. Like, first we have to save them and then we've got to now make amends for, and it's like, yeah, I think it's really sort of condescending is actually the word I would use. I think it's very condescending. I, I, I think it's really cheap and condescending. And I, and I you know, that's why I said Blue Beetle with Jamie Reyes, uh, Latino lead. I'm all for it. Like, cool. Like, you know, they're going for that market. I do think by putting a fresh coat of paint on that, it, it adds a bit of sparkle. I, you know, I think it's a good move. But I'm not saying, uh, okay, you know what we need to do next? We need to make Superman... Black, gay, uh, transgender, you know, like start slapping all these labels and call it Superman. And it's like, yeah, no, you're just ruining the character and twisting it and shaping it for whatever's flavour of the month. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying, Rich? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, we could go around and around, but we, we agree. I mean, in essence, we agree. I, I just think, I don't know, I, I despair sometimes because... I, as I said, I just think if you cared, if you genuinely cared, mm. you would actually find mm. stories mm. that celebrate what you say that you care about. Do you know what I mean? So if yeah. you're like, oh, we, we care about representing black people or whatever, then go and find actual like stories, or whether it be mythology, history, whatever. Yeah. Find stories that actually... But you can also just make up stories too. Like it's not no, like that's it, what I said. Know. Whether it's fiction, whether it's 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 it's, it's whether it's fiction. But they have many times. They have many times as well. It's not like it's not like no one's ever created a fucking story with a black lead with an original. Like it's happened a lot of fucking times. Like good. You know what I'm saying? Like I uh, that's I actually think we've come a I long mean, way. Like a black lead. I mean, like go and make a, a movie about the Zulus or the Khorsas or, yeah, you know, totally. or, or, or whatever, or fucking hell, Jesus Christ, do a, do a swords and sandals fucking thing about Nubia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, the African kingdom and all like, just, yeah. but you've never done it. Instead, you would rather say, no, we would rather make a Roman show yeah. and just make the Romans black. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, but 
But, you know, but why? You have history. You have the history. Well, like, you're right. They don't do it much. Like, one of the things I liked about... We're bouncing around, like, different races here. But when they did that Great Wall movie, which is not a great movie, but it's such an advertisement for China. And I mean that in a... It really is. And and I, and I felt that it was a very sort of bold and successful one. And the director actually even said that. He said that we were openly trying to get that Chinese audience and buy-in and the Asian audience. And we really... that It was co-produced um, you know, by China. It was a Chinese-American production. And they really went in that direction. And I said, and what a breath of fresh air it was, too, that they went like that. And like you're saying, like there aren't enough. Considering how cool samurais are, I'm surprised there haven't been more sort of, not sword and sandal, but samurai movies made in the West now. You know? Like... I think that you could do multiple good stories with with Japanese Asian actors, you know, and you just mentioned like ancient Egypt and all that kind of shit. Like, do a story about Ramsey II and all the wars he fought. Do a story of the Crusades, but do it from the perspective of the Muslims, you know. Do it from the perspective of Saladin against King Richard. Like, there's an idea, you know. But like, they won't. No, but, but but what I'm saying is like I I actually think. You, you, there's a lot of audiences who are like, yeah, that's interesting. Please, like, show it to me. Uh, uh, rather than, oh, let's make Aragorn black, which is so cheap, you know. It's just so – it's it's almost not worth commenting on because it's so silly, as opposed to what we're putting out there, ideas. Or create a new fucking story. Like, I used Django Unchained as an example. That was an original story created by Quentin Tarantino. He actively wanted to do a black cowboy movie. Basically, in in essence, and he did, and it was a big fucking hit, and he, and he had a big star. Will Smith was first connected with it. Will Smith pulled out for some reason. He got Jamie Fox. It went on. It was a massive success, and you, you know, like, and there's millions of not millions, but there's thousands of those stories. Like, I think some storylines uh, of historical eras that are outside the um, flat out Western European could be really interesting. I mean, I don't think they do enough stories. Of history anyway like i i know that uh ridley scott's napoleon story i'm looking very forward to napoleonic wars um i think there's huge elements of history that we just haven't tackled that i think could be a really big thing for hollywood to go back to now you know because we've taken a break we haven't had too many big period pieces i'm talking exciting period pieces i think there's a lot of history that could be very interesting if, if, if done well. And it used to be a big thing back in the 60s and 50s and 60s and 70s and stuff. There was plenty of them. Remember that Michael Caine movie? Uh, was it Zulu? Um, yeah, Zulu, yeah. What a fucking great movie that was. Um, yeah, there's tons. Of, like, there's so much territory that could be explored. And you're always talking about these Chinese movies. I mean, yeah, I'd be fucking open to it. Like, thousands of years of history? You know, come on. Like, give me a storyline... What, here's a story on the Mongols invading Japan, you know, fighting the samurais, like Ghost of Tsushima style, in a movie. You know, I'm using that as an example, Rich, but like... Yeah, but, but that's my point, is you you can do that. Like, of course. And, it, and again, it, you can make it, a, a, as you say, like a Western version, as in it's made by Hollywood, but it's all Japanese actors and Mongolian totally, Asian yeah. But they won't do that because they are so shit-scared... <laughs> Of what that that will that that will fail, like yeah. they are so terrified that they'll make it and it'll be a flop. But uh, yeah, as I said, they they because they won't have that safety net. 
Yeah. Right? Of, oh, we changed the character. That's why you didn't go watch it. It, it didn't fail because, you know, sure. we made a bad movie or something. It failed because you all raced. Well, I'll, I'll use a good example to wrap this up. Uh, Clint Eastwood, one of, I think, one of the best modern directors uh, of the last 50 years, he did Flags of Our Fathers and then he did The Letters from Iwo Jima, which was from the Japanese perspective, and The Flags of Our Fathers were from the American. Two, mm. two brilliant movies. Brilliant movies. I don't think they get enough praise. You know, Clint Eastwood has directed many a masterpiece, but those two, and and that the, that Japanese one from the Japanese perspective, it was brilliant, Rich. You know, yeah. um, and last time I checked, Clint's about as Western American as you can get. You know what I mean? He's probably got yeah, but that's Western. because history is fascinating. It doesn't yeah, matter totally. whether you're on the right side or the wrong side or whatever. Like history is just fascinating. Yeah, and there's... war is fascinating. It's it's yeah. you know what I mean. There's it's, so much they could do. Those... I mean, I I would love to see like either a really like Rome the series Rome a really high budget storyline on the Crusades going from the first Crusade to the last Crusade or a series of movies, but but even if they just did it like you know a multiple season epic like the Viking story was of the Crusades, I think that would be fucking fascinating, and certainly do it from both sides certainly do it from both sides because that's what makes it so compelling you know and and why not like there are ups and downs for both sides frankly it's such a like that i'm stunned that like hollywood has just turned its back on that and it just feels like they do the edges of the story if they ever touch it at all i mean like why not do that storyline um there's so many stories they could do you know and they just don't do them i i i don't know why I think some of them would be really good. I, I understand that they're what I'm visualizing is expensive, but I don't know. Like, so are these fucking superhero movies they pump out every fucking week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're not cheap. Like, Blue Beetle wasn't cheap. You know, um, fucking Dungeon Dragons you know, cost. Keep looking, no. <laughs> you know, you know, like, yeah. There's a lot of. Like it's not like they're putting out these movies that are they're made for twenty million. Some of these movies probably, I reckon, their true costs are in the two hundred, three hundred million dollar basket, you know. Mm. And that's why they get their panties in a bunch when they only make three fifty. <laughs> like, it's not like they're making three fifty. It's like when Woody Allen used to make his movies, and he'd make them for like you know twenty million, twenty five million. They'd go on and take in three hundred million or something, a big one, and like everyone's laughing to the bank, you know, because he made it on a tiny budget. You know, the the rate of return was enormous, but these superhero things like um, Black Adam, they cost a lot of money. So when those movies only do okay, it's actually a loss to the studio. They put all this time and money and effort in and all the marketing, and, and then it's like, oh, great, we didn't really make any real money here, you know? Um, so, <laughs> anyway, I mean, fuck them, basically. Now, um, the Marvel's trailer is out, Rich. We have feelings. Uh, I watched it last night. Firstly, can I say, I was like, yeah, look, it's, I mean, I was cringing at it, of course. I actually thought this is so crazy, this trailer, and leans so heavily into comedy that it might just work. But that said, is it my cup of tea? No, and I think it has no chance of replicating Captain Marvel 1. Um... I thought it looked it almost amateur at times. Um, what did you think of it, Rich? Because I was I was surprised by just how much comedy they were leaning on in this trailer. You you probably already know my 
my thoughts, man. Hate I it. it looked pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, it was. Also, can I? I was. I watched it on my phone. What was going on? Were they swapping? swapping? Yeah, apparently, when when one of them uses the power, they swap bodies or something. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. Oh, wow. God. I'm just like, really, this is. This is where we are. Yeah, this is where we've stooped to. Like, <laughs> um, wow. You know what? We were um we were up the coast uh, last week. Michelle uh, watched. She hadn't seen Doctor Strange Two: Multiverse of Madness, and she put it on. And her favorite part was my favorite part, the Illuminati stuff. Uh, and even she's like, "Who's this guy? Who's that guy?" I go, that's the fucking shit modern day version of um of Captain Marvel, the black one. And then yeah, she's like, "Who's that?" I go, "That's Captain Carter." And she's like, "Oh God." But you know who she reserved her scorn for? America Chavez. She her exact words: "Who is this bitch?" <laughs> I go, yeah. I go, she's a character, like, almost like a walking plot device in that fucking movie. Like, I didn't realise until I rewatched it just how useless that character is at anything other than just... All she can do is go from one plane to another, which is the whole... Like, it's just like, oh, my God, she's just like a little doorway for the whole movie. She's shit. And Michelle was like, she is the worst. And I said, yeah, she's actually better here than she is in the comics. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to know who's the worst though. Like she's pretty bad. It's like, hard to know which 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 Marvels is the worst. It's hard to know. Well, which, I'm surprised America um, Chavez didn't get a run in his Marvels. It seems like all the buddies are there. Like she'd fit right in. No, no, because because they already got the Camilla Khan. That's who Camilla the, Khan. Yeah. You know, is it, I don't know. Is I think that's maybe worse than America Chavez. Well. <laughs> The America Chavez in the movies, anyway. Not not necessarily Mega Chavez in the comics. I don't know. I yeah. don't really know the characters in the comics. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, this Marvel's thing looks... It looks like, actually, like... You know what it made me think of? A screwball comedy. And I'm like, is this really where we are? Like, we're doing, like, almost slapstick. Um, but also trying to make out every now and then it's really serious and, like, universe death. Like, it's like, make your mind up, Marvel. <laughs> what is it? Like, it's like when they did God of, Th- uh, was it God of Thunder? What was the fucking, Love and War, whatever it was called. And it's like, yeah, this is the God that kills all gods, but it's also a wacky comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem is Marvel, Marvel wants everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Marvel wants, wants it to be serious. It wants it to be wacky. It wants it to be a family show. It wants it to be an adult. You know what I mean? Like, they, they literally, if there's four corners and, and usually you try to aim for two of those corners or something, they're like, I want all, all the quadrants. I want all four of them. And it's like, yeah. but you, you, doesn't can, work you, like that. you can't, you can't do that. Like it's super rare that you can do that. And they're failing to do it. Like apparently I read a thing that their audience interaction um, is really slumping in recent, recently. Um, people aren't, aren't enjoying them as much and stuff. Like, they're really suffering. Like, the, the feedback they're getting is actually, like, on a real decline. Uh, and, yeah, they seem so blissfully fucking unaware. Like, you wouldn't know by the amount of shit, mediocre shit they're pumping out. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, like, and it's, it's hilarious to me. Like, and I hate to say this, but, like, you almost want them to fail sometimes just to teach them a lesson. Like, you're like... Guys, you're making mediocre films now. You're, you, you, they're not good. And 
audiences aren't turning up in great numbers, audiences aren't enjoying them as much, when are you going to wake up and smell the coffee? Is it ever going to happen? Or are you going to stagnate your base that much? And, you know, I don't know. They just... Do you not see the dangers around you that other other things are starting to rise up? Do you not see the prospect of DC, for example, maybe getting their shit in order and starting with a fresh slate? That could really hurt their business kind of thing. Like, there's... There's challenges there, and they just seem blissfully unaware of it all. They're just like, fuck it. Here's a screwball comedy with Captain Marvel, some other fucking Captain Marvel, and Ms. Marvel, and we're going to make it wacky as hell. And I'm like, yeah. Wacky, wacky, wacky. Yeah, I'm just, like, this isn't a billion-dollar movie. I'm sorry. This is not even a $500 million movie. This is a, this is I wouldn't, I'm going to say it right now in the it wouldn't stun me if this doesn't make three hundred. Seriously, I think this has. I, it'll probably make half a mil, but uh, yeah. I'm. I, I can't see this movie making a billion. Well, then to no. be fair, not even the and, and and again, I know it's a bit hard to tell because obviously the the, the actor died, mm. but not even Black Panther made a billion. No. It, it couldn't even equal its and first movie. Also, movies don't generally make that much money anyway. So also Scarlet Expectations back down anyway, Marvel, but I do think this is one that there could really be uh, a significant drop, significant from Captain Marvel 1's numbers, um, which was not a screwball comedy. You know, it had comedic moments. I actually thought it was quite a good movie, Captain Marvel 1. I, I, I enjoyed it. I gave it 8 out of 10. I actually did enjoy it, and I'm not the biggest fan of that actress. Like... You know, I know she's a bit on the nose, but I enjoyed the movie. Whereas this, I was like, I mean, this reminded me of like uh, um, Martin and Lewis, you know, like, but done badly. Like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, screwball comedy stuff. But what I saw in the trailer, I was like, this is just wacky. Well, the, <laughs> so the, the, the thing I find hilarious about them making this a wacky comedy is. Um, I don't think Brie Larson has got any comedic timing whatsoever. No, she doesn't. Like she's, yeah. I, she is. Maybe she's going to be playing the the, the straight, straight guy. I'd say you know, so, I, yeah. maybe like because that woman has got no. But she doesn't have the the charm, the charisma, or the talent of say a uh, a Leslie Nielsen no. that can pull off oh, God, a straight no. man in a comedy. Do you know what I mean? Um, she she's she strikes me as a serious dramatic actress who stumbled into this franchise through the side door and i just think she's a plank of wood who someone thought was a person like uh like ed and eddie who you know the cartoon ed ed and eddie i don't think i've ever seen it one of them like the the, one of them has a friend who's a plank he's just drawn (laughs) eyes on it and he thinks he's real like that's who she is someone drew eyes on a plank and someone thought it was a real person and put them in a movie she's that kind of person who takes herself very seriously it seems you know like um yeah, I don't know. But but also, uh, yeah, she's a little bit serious. But s- so is the other one running around. The black one seems even more serious. Like, uh, like it's, it's it's like, give us some, you know, I know they'll say it's diverse, but give us some diverse characterization as well. That would also be something nice. That would be... I, I just love that this character is getting a movie... Uh, or No, I should say, two characters... Mm are going to appear in a movie together who can't even keep a fucking ongoing title going. Uh, yeah. Like, between between Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel just had another another title cancelled, and mm. I'm sure it'll be fucking relaunched in a month or two. Sure. But 
between the two of these characters, they cannot keep a fucking uh, ongoing title. Like, yeah. well, what do you uh, expect? I just don't understand how these people are getting a movie. Like, like. Well, the, the reason. Oh no, yeah. I should say uh, a movie, two movies. Well, Captain Marvel one, the movie made a lot of money, which is why it's getting a sequel. The original. Uh, can I be honest with you? I I'm starting to doubt uh, the sort of uh, the Black Panther and Captain Marvel numbers. What do you mean doubt? I I think that there uh, I just think there was some shenanigans uh, <laughs> happened with. Them. Are you because, calling shenanigans? No, no, because I think because I think Disney wanted to have like a record. Yeah. Of like four billion dollar movies in like a two year span or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think they they set themselves. They were like these four movies are each going to do a billion, right? And we're going to have some record of like the only studio because again, this movie is going to do less. And again, if that popular, if the character is so popular, mm. then how is it that the the okay? Fair enough with Black Panther, it's a bit weirder because again, the, the, as I said, the guy passed away, so that we'll know we'll never know mm. if it would made a billion or not a second time around. But I, as I said. I want to see how much money this movie makes. And hmm. if it makes nowhere close to a billion dollars, then I definitely know some shenanigans went on last time. Well, also, Richard, don't forget, like, a billion-dollar movie is a rare event. And when those movies came out, it was at the height of the Avengers mania. Interest and expectation. And, and again, and they marketed that you had to see this movie. Yeah, and two, successful. And again, I don't know how true this is because it is on the internet, but there were lots of people who were posting pictures hmm. Of empty uh, Captain Marvel theatres. Mm. Well, I mean, but it, it came out when interest and appetite, people were hungry, almost starving for this Marvel content. You maybe, know what I mean? maybe. Yeah. I still think some shenanigans went on. Well, maybe they did. I mean, it would be the first time. But what I'm saying is it's a different world to now. Whereas, look, look, this movie won't make a billion. If this movie made 600 700 million, that would be a success. No. In well, it, it, even if they wanted it to, they, Disney don't have the money right now, especially after the COVID and the theme parks and, and sort of their franchise are not doing well. They, they, can't, they can't try and prop up movies to make a billion dollars anymore. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Now, also, we've got some news here. Uh, Star Wars news, actually, Rich. Um, yeah, boring. Well, no, come on. James Mangold, James Logan Mangold, and he's also doing the uh, new um, Indiana Jones movie. Uh, his new Star Wars movie will go back to the Dawn of the Jedi, Richard. The Dawn of the Jedi, which I'm excited by. Well, a separate... Yep, I've, I've already read the book, uh, but oh, that's right, it's Legends now. Never mind, carry okay. on. Well, a separate Dave Filoni-directed film will focus on the New Republic. 20 years, I think, after... The last sequel film, Rise of Skywalker, and it will feature, or 15 years after, and it will feature Ray Daisy Ridley, uh, was confirmed. Um, also, Rich, the famous opening crawl will indeed be appearing in the upcoming films. So for those of you who missed the opening crawl in, I, I forget which film didn't have it, but I think it was Rogue One or something. One of the films didn't have it. Um, I want your thoughts, Rich, as a Star Wars guy. What's your reaction to Dora the Jedi and to the 20 or 15 years later? Um, Dave Filoni directed. Are you excited by the directors at least? Couldn't give two shits. Wow. Uh, come on, I'm sorry. Other than other than Logan, mm. seriously, what 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 am what am I hyping Mangold up for? What? Like other than Logan, what 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 has he done that's super exciting? Like, let's have a look. That's like, oh my god, must watch it. Well, let's have a look. I'm not even sure. I've told man. I think he has done. Did he do the Fountain? 
Was that him? Mm. That's a terrible movie, but well, I'm just—I'm not even sure it was him. Like, let's have a look. Let's see what James Mangold did. I know that Logan's his big meal ticket. I think uh, it's his big and only one, honestly. Uh, okay, here we go. We're looking for director. He's directed 19 movies. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. No, he was just a. He was a. We want director. Why are we getting stake a director? Here we go. So it was uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Logan, The Wolverine, with um, with Hugh Jackman. Ooh. Uh, he some directing. I just he did Night and Day, the Tom Cruise movie. He did Three Tender Yuma. That was a good movie. He did Walk the Line. That's the one I knew he did. He did Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash movie, which was was fantastic. He did Girl Interrupted. He did Copland. He's done some good movies. There you go. Copland, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, Three Tender Yuma, Logan. Ford versus Ferrari. They're good movies, Richard. That's that's What's actually this? yeah. But didn't you just isn't everything you just mentioned from like 10, 15 years ago? Ford versus Ferrari was I don't know. No, but like Copland, Girl Interrupted. That's nineties, surely. Girl, Girl Interrupted was about two nineteen ninety nine. Um, Copland was actually 97. You did do a movie that I did enjoy, which is Identity. But again, that was two thousand. Two thousand three. What about Walk the Line? Walk the Line was terrific. Which was also what two thousand two thousand five, and then he did Three okay. Tender Humor in two thousand seven. Then he did Wolverine twenty thirteen. Did Logan in twenty seventeen, and did Ford vs Ferrari in twenty nineteen. They're good movies. Mm-hmm. He's a good director, man. Or what, what are you casting shade on James Mangold? Logan but... is fine. Wolverine, no. <laughs> I love it. Ford vs Ferrari is a good movie. Yeah, that's pretty boring, but okay. Come on, he's a, he's a good director, Richard. Is all I'm trying to say. He's he does actually have a. That's a pretty solid, like fucking dude. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not bad. Walk the Line is a fucking great movie. Johnny Cash, man, come on. You look like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Just straight up. Maybe it's just because he hasn't done anything really in like the last 10, 15 years other than Logan Wolverine that I'm just like, I don't know what he's done. But well, he's done some older stuff I have watched, yes. Yeah, well, inside the last 10 years, it covers Walk the Line as well. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's when 20, no, it 20, doesn't. 23, 23. Okay. That's almost 20 years ago, bro. Okay, yeah. Don't <laughs> confuse that for a second. Well, whatever. I'm excited for it. When I say I'm excited, let's see how Indiana Jones is. Because that's the big one that he's really yeah, in at the moment. I'm sure that's going to be terrible. I think a trailer dropped. Oh, come on, dude. I, I'm looking. I'm going to say this right now. I Put this in your fucking notes. I'm expecting the greatest film to ever be seen. Bang. There it is. Oh, uh, God. Yep. These things bore me now when you make these. <laughs> Are you yawning at my at my prediction? Well, you predicted for so many movies. Man. No, I haven't. This is one, man. This is it. Take this to the bank, Rich. This film is going to dominate. Dial of Destiny, bitches. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You you know you're starting to feel it over there. No, I'm not. <laughs> I feel nothing but apathy, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, but anyway, so... And what about the Dave Filoni thing? Because you, you know more about Dave Filoni than me. You've watched all these Clone Wars and stuff. Can he, can he direct a decent live-action film, Rich? Mm, I suppose he could, but not if it's uh, Daisy Ridley. Then, pff, Daisy, Daisy uh, Little Miss Bland herself. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the problem. Okay, so... Here's, <laughs> this is why I say, like, they've completely fucked up Star Wars, right? Mm. 
it doesn't matter what cool shit they do now, right? It mm. doesn't matter whether it's the Mandalorian. It doesn't matter whether it's Boba Fett. It doesn't matter whether it's the Ahsoka, mm. you know, uh, show and, and Thrawn and all that. All of it means absolutely nothing because look where the sequels ended up. Mm. So everything you're doing now, everything you're doing now means fuck all mm. because we already know where it all Le- uh, leads to it all leads to you all being fa- again that's the thing not just luke all of you are failures mm. ahsoka you're a failure right if you bring in ezra whatever you're a failure whatever character you bring in right now mm. are all failures because of where the world ends up in in the sequel trilogy which is not that far down the road so my point is they've ruined they've just ruined for me any appeal for like a lot of the stuff now because I know where it all ends up. I, it all ends up garbage. It doesn't lead to anything. Ahsoka doesn't uh, go and like train the new Jedi Order or anything like that because it's not in the sequels. Oh, that's like, true, actually. Good point, Rich. I didn't even so, think but of that's that. My yeah. point. Nothing you do now can matter. No one can do anything substantial that changes the world because it has to end up wow. in that shitty world. Maybe they were in some other part of the galaxy where we didn't know about in the sequels. <laughs> oh, and they just were, again, letting the world go to shit. And... Yeah. And what about? Was like I don't give a fuck. Okay, I'm going to bring something else up here. Um, Ahsoka Katano is that how you say her name? Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka Tano has a TV show. I watched the trailer. I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, who is the guy with the white beard? Because that wasn't thrown. No idea. No okay. idea. Well, that's it, not much it, help. To me, it looks like they're doing. Uh, honestly, it looks like they're doing a Darth Bane ripoff. Darth Bane. Mm. Wow. Okay. It's, it won't be Darth Bane. It can't be because um, I think he is canon, possibly. Mm-hmm. I know it's still he's still technically Legends, but he was mentioned in Clone Wars, so right. he might technically be canon. But the, 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 he just looked like the Sith with the blonde. Because Darth Bane, his story, it's three novels. Mm. Um, his apprentice is this blonde chick, this young blonde girl. And obviously the two of them have got these like sort of ready orangey lightsabers, which means they're maybe not Sith or whatever, but maybe mm. they're trying to, they're trying to sort of replicate or borrow like the Darth Bane. Good novels, Rich? Fantastic novels. Okay. Um, but Darth Bane was bald and, and all that sort of stuff. So I know, but what I'm saying is that I think they, they are ripping it off. Okay. Um, which this is just what pisses me off the most as well. Mm. You fucked off the legends <laughs> and shit, and now you want to borrow from it. Now you yeah, want yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to steal shit from it to 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 try and um, clean up your fucking mess. Oh my god, that pisses me off to no end. That grinds your gears no end, doesn't it, Rich? It really does. Da- Star Wars Legends: Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. Is that one of the yeah. books, Rich? Yeah, he ends up. Uh, he's the one who actually implements the rule of two. He looks like bad news bears. This guy he looks he super. He actually grumpy. wipes out pretty much all the Sith. You know what? I, I should read one of these books. I always think about comics, but I should read one of these fucking books. I mean, if you, if I would recommend you read the Darth Bane ones because you don't really have to worry about. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. It's, it's old Republic stuff, so you don't I'm gonna to do that, man. Stuff. I'm gonna catch up on my Darth Bane knowledge. I don't see a beard on this guy though. No, but that's what I said. I don't think they. I don't think they uh, using the character. I think they borrow in elements of the character. I saw a white beard. You know who I thought of? Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Well, I think that's the actor that plays Punisher. Isn't I it? thought you were going to say it's Kenny Rogers. I think he's dead rich. 
Kenny Rogers. It's definitely not Kenny Rogers. <laughs> well, I wish it had been. Got to know when to hold him. Got to know yeah, when to fold him. The actor, the guy, the guy with the white beard. I'm sure that's that British actor who played Punisher in the War Journal movie and Ray Stevenson, a bullstog in the the Thor movies. Ray Stevenson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. That's who it is, is it? I'm pretty sure. Punisher Ray Stevenson. Well, let's go to Ray Stevenson's biography and find out what we can find out. Ray Stevenson's a great actor. I didn't realise that he was involved in this. He sure he voiced Gar Saxon in Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. Is that is that who we're talking about, Rich? It, at Star Wars Celebration, Stevenson 2023, Stevenson was shown playing a dark Jedi by the name of Balin Skull in the upcoming Ashoka series. Yeah, there you go. So that was him. That's the character you're talking about. With the wow, we Rich. I am impressed by your depth of knowledge there. Man, I didn't realise that was Ray Stevenson. He's really aged. He is aged, and that was quite a beard he had on him too. Come on, Jesus, Dave. It was. It was. He's not really, oh, my God, it's, it's movie magic, man. Come on. <laughs> but, but when I You're saw like it. I was like, oh, my God, he's aged. He's got a big beard. It's like, it's fake. <laughs> when I saw it, I thought of Kenny Rogers, you know? I actually thought of Kenny Rogers. I thought for a second he'd come back from the dead and was appearing in Star Wars. Um, wow. Well, I'm excited, man. I don't care. You, I know you're like it all leads nowhere. But what if they're on some planet? Can I just say, I don't like the way the lightsabers look in these TV shows. Really? They don't look right. They look like toys. I'm sorry. It just, when you watch it, it just, it looks like the toys. It doesn't look like the movie lightsabers. It so doesn't... you've got an issue with the lightsabers even. Yeah, just... It, just doesn't, it doesn't look real, man. Man. You're hard to please, I'll tell you that much. You're very hard to please. I just think if you're going to be doing <laughs> fucking lightsabers, you make it look like lightsabers. They look like lightsabers to me. I didn't really see what the big deal was. No, it's the, it's the light, man. There's something about the light that makes them look like those toys you buy in the shop. Well, okay. Um, speaking in an interview, oh, fuck, Kathleen Kennedy's still around. She explained that Ewan McGregor is very interested in the second season of Obi-Wan, though it's not currently in active development. Um, I'd take another Obi-Wan. I quite enjoyed that. I know you hated it for whatever your reason was, I forget, but I enjoyed that that series. I thought it was fun. Oh, because it ruins the Obi-Wan character? Yeah, that's why I hated no, it. It was fun. It, it was fun. He did hi- It was hijinks. It was what I always said they should do. It was hijinks, man. Yeah, I, you've always said they should ruin Star Wars. I agree with you. It had those cool scenes that. with Darth Vader. He had a fight with Darth Vader again from memory. He, there was scenes with Princess Leia developing their bond. Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was and fun. And she had to introduce herself, not, hey, Obi-Wan, it's me, Princess Leia, we had that adventure. No, it's, hey, Obi-Wan, you served my father in the Clone Wars. I've never actually met you. That's why I refer to you as that and not a fucking long friend that Maybe. I knew when I was a kid. Maybe she had amnesia. Have you thought of that? Maybe, maybe they just like to ruin Star Wars. Maybe David. everyone you, got you amnesia. And you clap it all the way to the fucking <laughs> Maybe everyone got amnesia, Rich. They had post-traumatic stress and everyone got amnesia. And that explains it. Um, I don't know, man, but I enjoyed it. Uh, you were unhappy, but that's nothing new. Um, now, something I did think was ridiculous was an image I saw of the Mandalorian with Jack Black and Lizzo. Um, it looked fucking awful. Did you see this picture, Rich? Uh, I saw a snippet of the, the show uh, on, on YouTube when someone was talking about it, and I was like, yep, this is why I don't watch Star Wars. Yeah, this is why you tapped out? Yep. I haven't watched... Um, I haven't watched... Uh, 
Like, he, I don't have an issue with Jack Black, like, sure. on his own. But you, you're telling me there's an episode of Mandalorian which has got Jack Black, uh, Lizzo, and um, uh, Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher you're like, Lloyd? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, am I supposed to take this seriously? Like, everyone's just, like, you've got three fucking wackadoo characters, mm. like, acting like they're in some shitty kids fucking show. Mm. Like, I'm, this is supposed to be entertainment? For like Star Wars fans, I couldn't, I couldn't get over how bad the scene looked. It was fucking woeful. Yeah, it looked, it looked like an SNL skit. Yeah, it did. I agree. But that's you know bad. I mean? It looked like a parody show. It looked like it was a, a show that was making fun of like an episode of Star Wars. That's how bad it looked. It's pretty sad, isn't it? How just how bad it's all gotten. Like um, now, we had an email from um, Michael Kellershim. Some of the stuff we've mentioned, but. It's pretty good. Uh, Dave, single exclusive, Star Wars overrated you, Ahsoka trailer stunk. Bad acting, bad hair dye, bad Darth Vader ripoff. The upcoming movie will also suck. When the only thing in a Star Wars trailer that's exciting is the back of Thrawn's head, you failed as a brand. And then he takes a few shots at, uh, in other news, Wizards of the Coast had a summit last week that backfired. They wanted to be commercial for their crap, but they invited guests, which included content creators and influencers, pushing back against how Wizards is ruining D&D. Meanwhile, I saw D&D Honor Among Thieves a second time. Boom, great movie. Then he comes on to something which I'm really excited by. Uh, James Mangold is making a bob. James Mangold, yeah, that's right. The guy you were fucking trashing only 10 minutes ago, Rich, is making a Bob Dylan biopic with Timothy Chalamet playing Bob and doing his own singing, which I wish he wasn't. Um, Timothy played in June in the upcoming Willy Wonka remake, which I can't fucking believe they're doing, a Willy Wonka remake, but anyway. Um, and I, I've got more information about that Bob Dylan stuff, which we'll get to in a second. And I, I'm doing what no one has done before, listening to the dreaded Munchkin episode. Oh, this is hilarious, Rich. When I was in Hawaii, before your time, Stu treated, and I use the word in quotes, uh, the audience to him playing Munchkin and recorded it and put it up as a signal episode. Um, it's actually our lowest rated episode ever. And um, I've resorted to the infamous... So start for signal content because we're on break. I have resorted to the infamous Munchkin show. It is truly the darkest point in signal history. I listened to it the whole day, but still only managed to get through half of it. If the episode does not end in Stu overseeing a ritual suicide of his nerd friends, I'll be truly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. Um, I will say, I will say, Stu's brother, who I really, big pal of, was there, so we could spare poor Greg. Um, it was, yeah. Look, I mean, Stu was um, given the hard job of following me. I was in Hawaii. I was still trying to pitch in and uh, control the show. Um, but he did have the keys to the kingdom, and he felt what the world wanted was a Munchkin episode. Um, it's our lowest rated show ever. In terms of downloads and show completion, <laughs> which which I think is funny, um, but hey, look, God bless him. He he tried. He went for something but what, new. But, but what's the Munchkin episode? It's what's him. The, what's the Munchkin. Munchkin is a game, a board game, um, like a board. Yeah, it's like a fantasy board game. It's fun, it's a fun game. But anyway, what Stu did was. Um, he got Marvel Munchkin. So it's Munchkin. Like, you know how they have Monopoly, but it's themed different things? You know, you can get mm-hmm. D&D Monopoly. Well, Munchkin has a set of... It's a card game, but it's also a board game. Anyway, there were Marvel 
themed cards and you play the game. And so he was just recording people playing the game. Um, you know, it's as bad as it sounds. And so people were rolling and describing what they were doing and stuff. And he put that up as a signal episode. Um, and <laughs> to deafening silence from that. The only people who ever mention it is every now and then someone will mention that it's a particularly poor show. But, but like, by the same token, I kind of dug that he, he tried something different. And good luck to him. Maybe he was given the keys to the kingdom for one week. And you know me, I am a bit of a control freak when it comes to Signal. But um, he had done a lot of shows by that point, and, um, you know, he went on his own direction. I mean, I didn't think it was the worst thing. I listened to it when I was in Hawaii, and I, I thought it was kind of fun. But our audience, um, you know, didn't finish the episodes. <laughs> it's got a massive, massive, massive drop-off after about the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it was it was years ago too, so it's it's fun. I, I'm glad it's still there. It's still available on the feed. If anyone wants to go and check it out, check it out. And it's the one show without me. I think there's only like one other show where I was really sick, really really sick, and I pre-recorded a little bit for the show, and I'm like choking, and everyone's like, "Why did you put yourself through that, Dave?" And it's like because I am a control freak, <laughs> basically. <laughs> So yeah, so you know, Stu, Stu, he enjoyed it. He was loving it. Like this is the, that was why I I liked it actually because he loved it so much that I thought it was fun. You know, and and to me it was fun to give someone the controls for a week. And um, but no one else is ever getting them again. So I don't think you're going to get them rich. And that was the one time ever I gave the keys away, and they'll never be given away again. Um, <laughs> now, uh, so that was Michael Kellish's email. Uh, by the way, what did you think of this? The Mandalorian producer Rick Famagia confirmed the titular Mandalorian is no longer considered to just be Din Jamaran. So not just Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian. It now applies to multiple Mandalorians, I guess. That just seems like they're watering down the show and they're just almost maybe working out. They've decided... No, he's probably getting... Uh, Pedro's getting too expensive. Yeah. And obviously he's doing more movies and shit and all that. Exactly. So, um, you know... Um, Again, I don't understand why you don't just... Re- if I mean, if the character's important and you're going to follow them, again, I, I think you should give them a break and use him sparingly anyway, so that works out fine for mm. me. Like, I'm okay if you want to soft phone. As I said, I think you should give Katie Sackhoff's character a season and yeah. for her story and, and so on and so on. And, well, they know, might do that. I, I, I feel like... Yeah, but what I'm saying is that like they need to treat the Star Wars shows as like anthologies, right? Mm-hmm. Not continuous seasons that like oh well we've got to have season one season two season three season, you know what i mean we yeah. have ongoing seasons because it's not tv anymore like the star wars is a big universe yeah. i would prefer if you were going to give me like one or two shows a year yeah. to mix it up you know what i mean and and it almost like if i was to watch it all it'd be like an anthology where yeah. it's all different seasons across different characters and with different stories that I can come back to and, in, and enjoy and be like, oh, I want to watch Bob, you know, Boba Fett this time. Or, you know, oh, I want to watch some Star Wars. I want to watch, you know, uh, uh, Bo-Katan or, you know what I mean, or, or, or Luke or whatever. Like, I think that's what they should do. So I, I'm okay with them parking his butt for a while. But sure. um, I I would definitely just recast the character at this point because all you need is a stuntman and someone who can do a voice. I will say this though. I tell you what, I've got a couple of friends who. I mean, I don't, I like Pedro Pascal. I, they're crazy for Pedro Pascal right now, man. He is popular. 
you know. Don't know. I don't know why the man. Oh, uh, he's like, he's like, he he's kind of adorable actually. If you watch him in interviews, he's really nice. He's. I actually think he's. He, he might. He might be really nice, but he looks like he doesn't like to fucking shower or bathe. Oh, that's mean. No, every time I see him in interviews, he looks like someone just pulled him out of a dumpster. No, he's just got that tousled no. look, and he's got the little mustache, and no, no, oh. he looks he looks hoboish to me, and I don't like looking at him when he's in interviews. Oh dear me! Well, you're in the minority, Richard. Um, he is very popular. Although I do agree, they could easily uh, move uh, him, which I think it sounds like they're doing. Maybe he's so busy that they're gonna, you know, Katie Sackhoff is probably a lot more available, you know. Um, and she's popular, so why not give her a season? Like, I'd, I'd watch it. I'm more interested in that than fucking Jack Black and fucking Lizzo, who I can't fucking stand, by the way. I've, I've had the misfortune of seeing that woman on a couple of award shows, and I'm like, I do not understand the fucking hype. You know, I, be, I know I'm an old man who listens to Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan because I see that thing come on, and I'm like, oh, please, pass me the bag. You know? I want to throw up. Um, oh, it's fucking woeful. Like, and can I say this? Like, whatever she sings, some of the stuff that is out now that they consider popular song is just so bad, you know? So bad. Like, music, pop music has sunk so low, so incredibly low that I'm actually surprised. Like, people are venerating eras that I also thought were crap now, you know? People, people are getting nostalgic for the fucking boy bands of the early 2000s. They sucked. They fucking sucked, you know? And just because we have some of the shit out today, people are thinking that was good? That was fucking woeful. There's uh, still only, I'm sorry, but I, there is one boy band I do like. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's, not, it's not 2000s. It's New Kids on the Block. Jesus. Well, That's from... That's from the nineties, I think. <laughs> it is, but like I don't know, man. Like, but all I'm saying is, I, I don't understand the fucking hype on Lizzo. I really don't, and I know I'm a different generation, and I know I just don't get it. But like, I know why people are hyped on her. You know why? Yeah. Why? Because she's a whale. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, like we, we, her bigness? We, 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 yeah, we're in the we're in the uh, the. But she's a big girl, like yeah. we're in the generation of it's healthy and beautiful to be to be like big, black, massively obese. Like we we're in the body positivity movement, and now she right. is someone who is done well musically. Because again, you don't have to be thin. But, no, no. I mean, Aretha Franklin but wasn't Jesus thin. Christ. Yeah, I know, but you know, maybe just be healthy or try and be healthy. I don't think she's a big girl. Like from what I, I've only seen her like twice ever, you know? and she's a big, big like, girl. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm as as someone who who when they stopped playing sport, I did have an issue with my weight because um, I, when I was playing a lot of sport, I could eat as much as I wanted, sure, because I was burning it off. And then when I stopped playing sport. Uh, or started playing sport less, I was still eating more and I started packing on weight. As someone who has like gone through like the weight loss thing, I, it, it, there's no ways any any fucking obese person can tell me that they are that they are happy and comfortable with the way they are. Okay, mm. the amount of times that a, 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 a big person who has been walking and sits down next to me or something like when I'm at the train station or something and they start going. <gasps> <gasps> I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not healthy. You can't tell me that you're perfectly healthy. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. Well, they're not healthy. You know. I don't, 
I, I don't think people should make you feel bad or pick on you for being, you know, overweight. But I do think you mm. you sh- you should do something about it. Like, well, but she regardless, does it and she yeah. praises it, and she yeah. she's like, big is beautiful, and I'm happy, and everyone's like, yeah, you're the yeah, best because yeah. you love being fat, and you say it's healthy, <laughs> so I can say being fat because I'm I don't want to be healthy. It's like that's why she's popular. Jesus. Well, all I can say is, it looks like she sucks, basically. You know. Um, from what I've seen, from what little I've seen, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the hype. But I, I'm also a guy in his late forties who just doesn't get popular music in general. Like I think Harry Styles fucking sucks. You know, um, I've had the misfortune of having to. But I, I actually said to Michelle, "This is what people are so excited about." When I said, "Who?" The, I said, "Who the hell is this?" Like she goes, "Harry Styles." I go, "This is what people are excited about. This is so fucking mediocre." You know. I was like, yeah. just, I want to watch, I, I put on some sound, I said, time for some real fucking music, and I put on Soundgarden. I was like, let's listen to some real music, not this corporate shit that, that is Harry Styles bullshit, you know? And I get it, it's for teenagers and, and like preteens and stuff, and God bless them, like, they enjoy it, like, good. But like, it's awful, you know? It's just terrible. It's, it's so, it's honestly like, I, I've heard jingles that are better, you know? <laughs> Um, anyway, whatever. I don't know how I got started on this, but I just hate modern music in general. Um, now, turning back to an era I'm more familiar with, Bob Dylan. Three years after it was revealed that Timothy Chalamet would star in a Bob Dylan biopic, director James Mangold has offered an update on the long in the works, a complete unknown. Uh, despite just being named director of an upcoming Star Wars film, he told Collider at Celebration this week, the biopic previously titled Going Electric will take precedence and will begin production this August. I am super fucking excited for this. This is a real chance. I, I am not happy to hear that this guy's doing his own singing because I don't understand that. Although I did like that Elvis movie that Baz Luhrmann did, and I think it was a mixture of the guy singing and, you know, a mixture of the guy singing and also Elvis. I thought that was really good. If they can mix it up where this guy can sing some and Bob can sing some, I'm all for it. I am so excited for this. I'm picturing this at the start, Rich. This is my starting picture, 1992. Boom. Bob Dylan in a hoodie, backstage, dark glasses on, kind of crooning a song to himself. You know what I'm saying, Rich? He's he's kind of mouthing the words. You hear electric music in the background, and he's by himself backstage in his trailer, and he's, and he's singing Blowing in the Wind to himself. Cut to a young Bob Dylan in a coffee house singing it. Bang. We're in the movie, Rich. Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a, that's a very good opening scene. Thank you, thank you. There's booze, everything around. He's dark. Probably the probably the the best one you've ever had. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of it, actually. <laughs> certainly, certainly better than some of the other days you uh, <laughs> give me for movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried to get it to something that you would actually kind of you know feel. Well, because you actually you did something like properly like you didn't come up with some stupid idea for like you know some zombie apocalypse in a in a fucking uh, spy movie or something well i'm excited for it and i'm going to be there on opening night and i just hope this guy can bring it and the whole story going electric uh complete unknown it'll be taking place i guess around the newport um pop festival and it'll be with um you know when bob dylan breaks out the subterranean homesick blues and all that stuff and you've got the, the Pete Seeger with the axe trying to cut off the electricity and stuff because he was trying to cut off the electricity of the performance which is crazy 
Um, and Bob Dylan just going crazy, and and the world just lighting up, man. The world fucking changed in that moment, I think, Rich, when Bob Dylan went electric. Seriously, I do believe that. You know? It's very possible. One second he was singing Blowing in the Wind in the Coffee House, and it was a great moment, and then all of a sudden he was singing like Subterranean Homesick Blues, Ballad of a Thin Man, like a Rolling Stone, Rich. A complete unknown. Wow, I am excited. Did I say Dollar Destiny was going to be the greatest movie of all time? Step back, Dollar Destiny. Get ready for a complete unknown. I prefer going electric, but I'll take either. Um, I don't think it's going to make a billion dollars. So, although he, he did do very well with Walk the Line with um, with Johnny Cash. Same old pickers wearing black. You look like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Johnny Cash. That was great. Like, how do you rate that movie? Because I thought that was one of the best fucking films I've seen. I love that movie. I'm a Johnny Cash fan. Uh, shit, I don't actually remember. Much Jesus, really? Come on, Richard, really? You don't remember yeah, Walk I've, dude, Walk I've even I've forgotten most of the fucking Elvis movie I watched just recently, the, the Baz Luhrmann one. I can't even remember most of that. Like, it's weird. Biopics don't seem to stick with me as much. Like, oh, I enjoy yeah. them in the moment, but then yeah. I tend to completely forget about them afterwards. Uh, that Johnny Cash one's good. Like when he quits drugs and he says to to uh, June Carter, he says like I've been given a whole new chance, a whole new yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I remember being one of uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's like oh best roles, uh, seminal roles. Yeah, and June Carter's father's got the shotgun when the drug dealers come around and he scares them off. It's great. I love that movie so fucking much. The, the, the problem is, is that the um, the parody movie has um, it's pretty funny too. Has, has has caused too many problems with like remembering what's what. That was a funny movie too. The Walk Harder, <laughs> whatever it was called. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. It was stupid, but it was funny. Um, now, um, oh yeah, Ike Pomada uh, made an interesting comment after he was axed. He says, "I have no doubt that my termination was based on fundamental differences in business between my thinking and Disney leadership." Because I care about return on investment. All they talk about is box office, box office. I care about the bottom line. Former Marvel boss, Ike Perlmutter. He was a notorious penny pincher, Ike Perlmutter. Um, but bottom line is important. Like, you know, revenue is one very thing. Important. Box Reven- office means nothing because it depends on how much money you spend getting that. Well, yeah, it's revenue. But, uh, you know, you got to, then there's costs and it comes down to what Yeah, but again, like box office, yeah, okay, let's say box office, you you, you, you did a billion dollars, right? Sure. Your movie made a billion dollars, but let's say you spent fucking 400 million to make the movie and like another 100, mm. 150 million, 300 million to even advertise it or something like that. You know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. it, box office means nothing if it if you spent a lot of money to make that box oh, office. Oh, yeah. Because then you, yeah. it's less return. Totally. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, that's sad if, if that's the case because um, it, it does also probably explain a lot because... Um, I don't think Disney at the moment has been able to turn anything into um, like toy sales and mm. merchandise sales and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, well, I mean, the Marvel stuff they had at the start, but I mean, um, not now. I, I wouldn't. I would not imagine that any of the Mar- Miss Marvels or Marvel stuff is flying off the shelf. Oh, fuck the- no. Shang-Chi or, or the Eternals. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think any of that stuff is flying off the shelf. No one's and buying too Star many Wars Eternal stuff, mugs. You know, a lot of the Star Wars stuff is certainly not flying off the shelf, you know. Uh, there's still like a... Every time I still see photos of uh, Dumpins full of uh, Rose Tico discounted to $1 still sitting there. So. 
<laughs> Jesus. Which, you know what? Can I just say how sad that is? Because back in the day, mm. people used to buy any Star Wars character. Yeah. Yeah, like even the yeah. most, even if it was someone who had a five minute, oh, a five yeah, minute yeah. part in the in in the entire franchise, yeah, man, they for would sure. buy those toys because they just wanted the entire. Now they're like, no, I don't want a seeker. No, I don't want this character. No, like I don't like that character. Like it that that's how badly you've done. You've taken people who would literally buy anything. Well, it's like people would buy Lobot. Remember from uh, Empire? There was plenty of people who bought him, and he's in it for oh, five yeah. seconds. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, every you would buy whatever. It didn't mm. matter what toy it was. If it was Star Wars, I want it. Now people are like, yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> you know who I had, and I've just remembered when you said that. <laughs> it's so funny. This I had one of the Imperial officers, and it probably it might have been Moff Tarkin, but it might have been someone in Empire Strikes Back because I think I bought a lot more of the Empire Strikes Back stuff. But what I'm saying is, like, it was a blink and you miss an Imperial officer, you know, mm. like, just dressed in as an Imperial. Yeah, I, in the Star Wars, like, craze craze, because I still think the real craze was in the 80s, like, around Empire. No, but even even prequels, man. Even yeah, prequels, prequels, yeah, true. People would buy... It's true. Again, even people bought Char Char Binks. That's the funny thing. Oh, at the people, time, yeah. People, people bitch and moan about it, but they still bought the toy. Well, I think then... It like I don't want to say a more innocent time, but it was kind of like the first. We'd been starved of Star Wars when the prequels came along, so when that train rolled back into town and all the merchandising rolled back in, it gave a lot of collectors like a second lease of life. You know, mm. it was kind of like George went back to the well, but he 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 starved us. You know, and then but I mean that, this is why they said like you got to be careful what you wish for. You know, because everyone's like. Yeah, we're gonna get way more Star Wars now that Disney owns it, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna get way more. And a lot of it's gonna be shit because, again, that's what happens when you take something that, like, like if you took a gourmet recipe, right? It doesn't mm. matter how good the gourmet recipe is. Mm. If you decided to start serving it at a fast food chain, yeah, like the quality of it would go down because you'd be mass producing it for sort of the masses. You'd mm. start using cheaper product, you know what I mean? Cheap ingredients. Because you're making more of it. And that's what it is. So you've taken Star Wars, which was a premium thing, mm. right? That was like a, a, a you know, a, a Halley's Comet type of thing, you know, comes around every fucking sure. 15 Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you have to wait that long, but Jesus Christ, they waited no time in saturating the market. Like, Yeah, it was always going to happen, you know, though. It was always I know, happen. but what I'm saying is that I wish they had just taken their time mm. and just made maybe three movies first before they like, oh, we're going to make the movies and we're going to do the Han Solo movie and we're going to do the Boba Fett movie. And it's like, you announced all the shit and you had no plan. You literally had no scripts, no plan, no, nothing worked out as to where you're going to take it, mm. like what you were going to include and all that. You literally just, as soon as you got it, you started greenlighting stuff. And, and now they're in a situation where they still keep, they keep making to, as to throw shit at the wall. Mm. To see what's going to stick and all that, and that's yeah, it's di it's diminishing returns. Star Wars has become well for me, it's completely diminished, but I'm sure for a lot of other people, it's becoming very much diminishing returns. They've really spammed it. They've spammed it hard, and they've you know what they've done? They've they've spammed it so hard that I like someone like me who's interested. There's almost too much for me. I'm just like wow, I, I'm going to pick and choose. Like I I still haven't finished Andor, even though everyone tells me it's really worth it, uh, and I probably will finish it. 
But um, then there's the Bad Batch and then all the animated stuff. Like, there's a lot of Star Wars now, like a lot. And I don't know. We still haven't started Mandalorian Season 3, and we enjoyed the first two seasons. And, and Michelle doesn't know anything about it being badly reviewed or anything. She's got no idea, you know? And and she's just like, oh, can we just hold off? Um, but, yeah, no. they've. It was always going to happen. The second Disney bought it, I knew they were going to spam it. I just hoped it would be better than it's been, you know? Oh, yeah. Same with me. I was not like, yay, Disney bought it. I was, but I, 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 I thought they would do – got to remember, when they bought it, I think they were doing a pretty good job at Marvel. I just – I don't know. Like, I think they can – look, it's not even turn it around. I, I think they're sort of popular enough still, but they need to no, adjust but, some things. But also, you see, the problem with um, a company like, well, like Disney is yeah. when you have money – you think you can just solve problems by throwing money at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason why some of the best movies mm. and franchises in the world are, are, are popular, and it's not because they had money. It's actually sometimes because they had less money, like because they didn't yeah. have money. Yeah. Um, and so they had to come up with creative ways. That's the thing. Like, throwing money at Star Wars is not going to fix it. You, no, no, no. It sometimes would have been better if George sold it to... Uh, a smaller company sure. who didn't have oodles and oodles of money, but what money they had would have to go into making a movie. Mm. And they they would try and make that best movie. There. But again, with Disney, they didn't have to. They'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 give it to that department. You know what I mean? Like, throw it to that department, tell them to churn out a, a, a script, blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh, what's it? Yeah, yeah, just chuck more money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it, it Star Wars. We can put more money behind it. It's fine. And then you just, yeah, and that's why it feels so much more soulless now. You know what I mean? Especially those, the movies, the mm. the, uh, the the sequel movies. Those last two movies so... are particularly bad. But, but you know, yeah. Rich, maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to learn their lesson on the movie front because they were bungled the last two. So we'll, well see. It's funny, but isn't it funny how they always give a sequel more money mm. and yet the sequel never turns out to be better than the, or very rarely... Like the other ones they do, but let's let's be honest. If we're taking all sequels, yeah, they got extra money because the first one did well. A lot of them don't succeed because more money doesn't make a better movie. Well, often though they make a lot of money, even if they're not as well reviewed afterwards. That's that's the secret of the sequel. You put more money behind it, hoping to. But again, it's diminishing returns because if it's not as good of a movie, then the less people are going to go watch the third one. That's my that's point. True. Like that's true. It's just so funny that they think, oh, this man will just chuck more money at it. It's like, no, I'd prefer you chuck more talent or yeah. just put more backing behind it, not necessarily just throw more money and say, yeah, here you go, true. here's more money. Because I don't know. I feel like money doesn't money doesn't help creativity. Mm, I hear your point. Although, uh, you know, counterpoint, I did think the uh, Sakatano scenes looked cool with the with the ships and stuff. No, I'm not saying it's the most money ever spent on it. I thought it looked cool. I thought the visuals. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Okay, they're putting the money behind the visual effects, but mm. that doesn't mean you've got a good story. True. Very true, Rich. Maybe it's also you putting shit on the screen that doesn't have to be there. Very true. Because Rich. you've got the money to do it. That's my point. But what do you want? Just less. You want less. I just want good stories. <laughs> What if they said that Dave Filoni's directing the Darth Bane trilogy? Would you be all excited? You know, if they just plucked out like Darth Bane. Honestly, in another time and era, yes. Now, no, nothing gets me excited about Star Wars. Okay. Uh, A press release by Disney refers to the Dial of Destiny as the highly anticipated final installment of the beloved franchise. And James Bangold referred to the film as 
final, the final Indiana Jones adventure. And Harrison Ford said, it's easy. Once I'm dead, he's gone. So this is it, man. <laughs> uh, 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 so good that he thinks that. No, I know. Well, yeah, exactly. But anyway. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, now, uh, Collider has mentioned... Now, you know this thing about Creature Commandos, Rich? And the thing, big thing about James Gunn saying that the people voicing the animated characters would play the live action. Uh, Frank Grillo is playing uh, Rick Flag Sr. in Creature Commandos. Sean Gunn is Weasel. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Rick Flag Sr.? What? Yeah, apparently. Um, David Harbour. But Rick Flag isn't in Creature Commandos. Well, his father is. No, um, his father is in the original Suicide Squad. Well, I don't know, Rich. I, I, have, I don't have the answer for you, my friend. Um, DC Studios has cast David Arbour as Eric Frankenstein, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus, Maria Balaklova as Princess Alania Rostovic, Zoe Chow as Nina Mascurstory, and Sean Gunn pulling double duty as G.I. Robot, who I remember from when we did it, Rich. G.I. Robot. I was a big fan of that character. Um, Steve Aggie will reprise his role as John Economist from the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and his brief appearance in the post-credits in a Shazam Fear of the Gods. Is that the fat guy with the beard? You know the guy I'm talking about? The sort of slobby guy with the beard? Uh. You know the guy I'm talking about? He's in Peacemaker. I bet you it is. I'm going to I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 probably, maybe. Yeah, yeah you, you know the guy I'm talking about. He's, he's all... Yeah, yeah, he's in, he's, yeah, he's in the movie and all that. Yeah, no, the, the leader of the Creature Commandos is Lieutenant Matthew Shreve. Well, they may have changed it, Rich. Like, what do you want me to say? Well, I want them to stop fucking making changes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I didn't... Uh, yeah, it is the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, John Economist, here he is. As I described him, the fat guy with the beard. Yep, that's still accurate. I stand by that comment. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I enjoyed that Creature Commandos we did as a comic. It was like Ro- Robert Kraniger and then um James Dimitrius. Remembering, it was fun. Jay Dimitrius started it. Yeah, he created it. Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, I thought mm-hmm. Robert Kraniger did. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. No, I think he took over it. Or something. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. That you know that rings a bell. Yeah, that does ring a bell. I think you're 100 percent right there. Apologies to JM. Sorry, JM. Um, don't tell him I said that, Rich, if we get him back on the show again. Don't mention <laughs> my fucking glitch. My glitch in the program there for a second. Um, Shazam Fury of the Gods is coming to digital. I haven't seen it yet, um, but it's already on digital, actually. I've got it ready to watch. Uh, some sort of conspiracy news. Um, you know, this guy, Lance Reddick, this, the, the, mm-hmm. the guy from The Wire, who they're saying died of a heart defect. Lance mm-hmm. was the most physically fit person I've ever known, says his lawyer. James Hornstein. He ate as if a dietitian was monitoring his every meal. He's mm. he's alleging foul play, I think. Mm. Well, it's a good thing he's a lawyer, not a doctor, then, because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he ate as if a dietitian was monitoring his every meal, Rich. Listen, my listen, my uncle was <laughs> the, the one of the healthiest, fittest fucking guys I knew. Right, like right. he's in prime shape, uh. dropped dead at like fifty four from an uh, from an embolism. Like, I'm it sorry. You, you don't get to it. Look, it doesn't matter how well you eat, mm. like shit happens, right? True. Like, and that's why, yeah, like, true, um, true. The you know, and then go, oh, well, then if I be fat, it doesn't matter. It's like, no, but you're increasing your chances. Yeah, the risk. You know, um, in fact, had he not been this healthy, maybe he would have actually died earlier. Cashed like, earlier. 
you know, because because he was looking after his body, maybe that did actually prolong. How old was he? He's got to have been in his fifties <laughs> or sixty, roughly. I think he was. You think he was pushing sixty or getting well, close? Well, it happens, man. Like, yeah, shit happens, dude. You know, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if anything, I'd say him being healthy probably stopped him from dying young, yeah. like or younger, I should say. I'm just glad to hear he didn't have a needle up his arm or something. You know? Yeah. I mean, at the end, but also flip side, he's dead regardless of what happened. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so happy he didn't have a needle up his arm. He's still dead. You know? I'm just doing flip side, Rich. You know? No, but I mean. Uh, <laughs> It's in a way that you are sort of grateful because then it's like um, he didn't do it himself. Didn't tarnish your memory. This, this was something he couldn't control. He didn't do, you know, he didn't. Because yeah. then, then you're kind of like, oh, so stupid. Why would you do that? And it's like, no, this he had literally no control over. Sure. Over I'm, that, I'm remembering so. that fucking actor. He was like God's gift acting. The guy who was in The Master, Mission Impossible 3. What was his name, Rich? You know, the guy balding. Older white guy used to be fat, got thin. Was in Big Lebowski. He was like he was Mister Actor Actor. It turns out he was a massive heroin addict, and he was like texting his friend. It was pretty. I mean, I saw the funny side. He's texting his buddy saying, "Do you want to come over and watch the game? The game's on." And his buddy replied back, "This was the text, Rich. I may be in the." Th- oh, sorry. When you say balding, that's what threw me on. I know the guy you're talking about. The thinning the, the hair. Blonde headed, the blonde yeah, headed guy. Yeah, thinning hair. And remember, everyone was like, "Oh, what an actor! Oh, we've never seen this acting like it." And then it turns out he was a huge heroin addict. And he texts his buddy during this basketball game. It's like, "Can you come over?" Apparently, he was craving company. Can he come over? His mate responded, "Oh, maybe in the third quarter." <laughs> Never made it, and then like days later, they found the guy dead with a needle on his up his arm. And I, I just like the mate. He's like, oh, maybe in the third quarter. Like he's in no fucking rush, basically. You know, like the game's on. Oh, maybe I'll catch the third quarter. See, see what happens. <laughs> now we know what happens. <laughs> well, meanwhile, what's his name's like? You know, injecting. He, maybe he did die from uh, heroin overdose. Maybe he died from a broken heart. <laughs> exactly. Imagine that. Like, if I texted you, Rich, and I was like, oh, Rich, you want to come watch the game? And you're like, oh, maybe in the third quarter. I'd be like, oh, Rich, don't bother. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not sitting here waiting, like, all the tingle. Maybe he'll turn up in the third quarter. The game's almost done by that point. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, <laughs> Fire Fest mastermind, Billy McFarlane, serial con artist. He's out of prison, and his seemingly inevitable news tells us that Fire Festival 2 is in the works. This was the guy who said everyone should go to the Bahamas, was charging tens of thousands of dollars, and then there was, like, nothing there but cheese sandwiches and stuff, and, like, none of the acts turned up or anything. Remember this guy, Rich? No, I don't, actually. Oh, it was a... They did, like, two docos on it. Like, it was around 2018, 2017. It was, like, he had Blink-182. Ja Rule was, like, pitching for him. Various models and influencers and all these other idiots were all turning up on this Bahamas island for this festival, but it was totally chaotic and not planned and, like, nothing was set up. It was a complete fiasco. Um, the guy did, like, four years in jail and there was, like, two docos on it uh, on Hulu and Netflix, I think, and he's now out of jail and he's pitching a sequel. This fucking guy. <laughs> you know, seriously. Maybe um, maybe he'll go straight this time. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe it's just one more fucking scam, Rich. <laughs> uh, more was- than likely, there was some there was some um, news here that um, Ark Survival Enhanced won't be bundled with Ark Two after all, but it still won't be free. They were doing something with this game Ark where they were going to give an upgrade, but they were going to charge like sixty bucks for it or something. 
And originally it was going to be a free upgrade, but then they decided to. They really they're they're, they're fucking around with the audience. They're they're doing something like it's a compulsory upgrade that you've got to pay for, and um, it was really pissing the the fans off. Um, and the internet was all a Twitter earlier this week, and I was as always Lois was on the scene getting crowd reactions. Rich, you know me, <laughs> trying to whip up the controversy. I thought she didn't get hurt, Dave. I was trying to whip up the controversy as well, trying to get people on record. It was pretty hard. <laughs> uh, did you see this? The Bodyguard, uh, a show screeched to a halt. I think in London, two unruly patrons rejected uh, after joining the lead in singing "I'll Always Love You." They literally sound like cats dying, and like you know, the the singer's singing really beautifully. "I will always love you," and these people are singing so badly, like drunkenly to it. <laughs> like they got ejected and like a fight broke out. Well, that's fair enough because uh, it's not a participation show. Like if it was, yeah. you know, if if you go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, then you know that it's a yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a crowd interactive yeah uh, show. But if you go into like a a Broadway production or a theatre production, it's not a it's not a participation show. Mind you, can I? Yeah, I agree. I, can I say this? There have been times when I've been at concerts, such as Neil Diamond, where I was wishing some people weren't singing as loudly as they were around me. You know? Yeah, but a concert's different. No, I know, but you know me, Rich, I'm old. Have I mentioned this? I'm old and I really want a private show. And yeah, like, buy, well, buy better tickets then. I bought pretty good tickets and I still had some idiots, you know? But you, you get to that scene where, at Bob Dylan, People just don't sing along because they don't know what he's saying sometimes, you know, and it's good. You can just relax. Neil Diamond, it was so good. The crowd was so into it. And I was, look, we're all singing a sweet Caroline. You know what I mean? But so, do you need, to, do you need to sing to Oh Mary? Oh Mary. Like, let Neil sing Maybe it. Maybe some people do. I mean, but I love singing it. But if Johnny Cash was singing I Walk the Line, I'm not going to join in. I'm going to let the master sing the song, you know? I know the fucking lyrics to I Walk the Line. I'm not going to go, oh, slow down, Johnny, let me take over, you know? No, maybe those other people say you're boring. They could say that, you know, <laughs> they'd be wrong. Um, <laughs> now, anyway, look, we've got different opinions here. I, I think, I'm going to make a comment right now, and th- you might think this is true draconian. I think singing should be banned in concerts, except when the, the singer... Does the to the audience to to get them going when John Bon Jovi starts to get the audience going for "It's My Life" or something? Unless the singer invites it, don't sing along. There you go. What do you think, mm. Rich? Too harsh? I don't know if it's too harsh. It's just no one's going to agree with you because I would say that most people go to a concert and sing with. So mm. I don't think you'd have too many people backing you on that one. I'm afraid. If I was president of the world, it would be law. And I'd have my stormtroopers in the audience ejecting people who broke the law. <laughs> I, I'd be running a police state. I guarantee it. I'd be running a complete police state. Frankly, it'd be the safest place. Yes, world. you're not saying anything shocking or surprising. <laughs> you I thought I was going a bit cutting edge there for a second, Rich. You nope, know? Not, not in the least. <laughs> now uh, we do need to talk about how good Ben Benjamin. Is it Benjamin Piercy or Ben Piercy? Uh, Ghost Rider is. I started reading his Ghost Rider run. I didn't realize Ghost Rider was back at Marvel. Fantastic, Rich. You've got to read this, man. Seriously. Read issues 12 and 13 and come back to me because it is Ghost Rider done well. It's the best Ghost Rider I've read since James DeMatteis in the early 80s. Frankly, there it is. You know? It's great Ghost Rider, man. Seriously. And... 
it feels like a long time since we've had someone in control who knows what they're doing with Ghost Rider. Um, now, Mark Wade has some more stuff coming up from um, uh, from at DC. He's doing he's doing some crazy new stuff, Rich. I think he's got a Teen Titans series coming. Superman. He's and got the... a lot of stuff coming because he's doing Superman. He's doing Teen Titans, and he's doing. Sh- uh... Shazam. Yes, yeah, Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor and World's Finest Teen Titans. So what about that, Rich? Are you all are you all on board for Mark Wade? I can be. Uh it just depends on what which Mark Wade I get. <laughs> you mean good Mark Wade or bad Mark Wade? Yeah, if I get good Mark Wade, I'm down for it. I th- actually a good Mark Wade I think could do something very fantastic with Shazam, so but if I get bad Mark Wade then you know, I don't know. Although, I mean, what would you say? Would you would mm. you say Mark Wade has done his best work at DC or Marvel? Me, uh, definitely DC. Mm. Um, definitely DC. That's my personal preference. Um, when I think of great Mark Wade, I think of his um, Superman Birthright. I think of Kingdom Come, uh, his JLA Tower of Babel stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I think he's done like if if I get Marvel Mark Wade, then I'm not really interested. But if I get if I get a DC Mark Wade, I'm well. People, you know, not that I've read it, but people in his Marvel would point to probably his Daredevil being his uh, biggest thing. He also did all. Uh, that. His Captain America wasn't good either. People loved his Captain America. Um, really? Okay. I, I believe I've not I've not read it. I I own it, but I haven't read it. Um, it's well remembered. Uh, people, like, I'm just thinking of his Marvel. His later Marvel stuff was shit. Like, his champions and all that fucking new event. Like, he was doing all those yeah, kid books. Yeah, was, His Fantastic yeah. Four is well-remembered. Um, his Captain America is well-remembered. Actually, well no, remembered. That, is, that is true. The only thing that I enjoyed from him in, at Marvel was Fantastic Four. Yeah, so yeah. That is correct. It's good. Um, yeah, his Fantastic Four is well-remembered. His Daredevil is also highly regarded. But I think... In balance, his de- his DC work is, I think, more iconic, and it's kind of more the reputation setter. I mean, frankly, he did Kingdom Come at DC, so I mean that's probably some of his best stuff he ever did, you know. And Tower of Babel, yeah. And Tower of Babel, yeah. So, no, no, I I think and, and like he's a big Superman fan, so I'm all for it. Like I'll check it out. I, I I'm going to read. I was thinking my next choice. I might I might pick uh, the world's finest actually. Um, the first couple of volumes of that, but we'll see. But anyway, he's still pumping along. Train of loves are coming, big black wheels are humming. People waiting at the station, happy hearts are drumming. Train man, tell me maybe, ain't you got my baby? Ever so often everybody's baby gets the urge to roam But everybody's baby but mine's coming home Now stop your whistle blowing Cause I've got ways of knowing You're bringing other people's lovers But my own keeps going Train of love deceiving When she's not gone she's leaving Ever so often everybody's baby gets the urge to roam But everybody's baby but mine's coming home
wait Here and there and everywhere They're gonna be embracing Train man, tell me maybe Ain't you got my baby Ever so often everybody's baby Gets the urge to roam But everybody's baby but mine's coming home My heart grieving, but early or late I sit and wait because I'm still believing we'll walk away together, though I may wait forever. Ever so often everybody's baby gets the urge to roam, but everybody's baby but mine's coming home. We've got a short weekly comics this week, Rich. Um, we don't need to spend too long on these. The first one was Planet of the Apes 1. I felt this art was good. Story was good, but I felt it was strangely flat, like a place setter that recaps the first three reboot movies and adds very little of value. I just I, I expected more from a number one of Planet of the Apes because now Marvel have got the franchise back again. I only gave it 6 out of 10. I'm going to read issue 2. But I was a little underwhelmed. What did you think, Rich? Uh, yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. I don't think it. Um, <laughs> it's like you almost think to yourself, "Did this need to be made?" Like, yeah, there's certain stories that I think you find uh, need to be told, or mm. can be told, or or, or sort of enrich or uh, give you more information. As you say, it just, it didn't feel like, um, it just felt like a recap of, um, the movies. what's happened in, in the movies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it didn't feel like it was doing anything different. Which is um, so weird because like, what's the point of just doing a, a fucking comic that just is like, Oh, if you didn't catch those first three movies, here you go. I'm like, really? Like we couldn't have done a, the the interesting stuff was around that. I, I think the guy's got a good story to tell, but he just felt like he wanted to. This is definitely in the universe of those movies, kids. You know. Okay, so what what could be fascinating is if you were going to do a story where, what if you did Planet of the Apes, Rome style, right? Oh, where, cool. where basically, okay, what you're going to do is you've had the 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 original Planet of the Apes movies, which is at the end, mm. right? That's their society on top. Yes. That's them ruling the world, and then you've got the the reboot or prequel, whatever you want to call them. Mm. I don't know if they directly tie into it, but it's like how with the experiments and all that sort of shit on on how they became sent not sentient but like smarter or mm. evolved and stuff and all that. But what about the middle? Mm. What about now? Okay, let's say something's happened to the humans, right? They've fucking blown up the world or they've nuked the world or whatever, and the apes now start their own civilization. They start rebuilding. What do they do? Who becomes power? You know what I mean? How do they establish government, the laws, the rules? That could be more interesting to to tell and give us something in the middle. Mm. But this doesn't feel yeah. this just feels like a this just feels like a tie into the movies. Yeah. A late. A very late time. Well, that's what, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like these movies came out, like, you know, this year. Like, even the last one is, like, say, two, three years old. Like, 
uh, three or four probably, the last Planet of the Apes movie. I don't know. I just, I hope it gets better. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it, it certainly wasn't, like, it was pretty boring for a Planet of the Apes comic, I felt, you know? I mean, maybe they are heading towards that. It's just that I don't understand why you wasted your first issue. Then. Exactly. Um, that you that you can tell in maybe flashbacks or hundred percent or, or or something, but you need you needed something far more exciting to grab me at the at the start because this this is number one issue ain't grabbing anyone. I don't think so anyway. Totally agree. Now I gave it six. What did you give it, Rich? Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's adequate. Five. Yep. Now then we had uh, Jeff Lemire on Phantom Road one. Now I famously sort of struggle with Jeff Lemire. But I felt this was it was a trucking story, had supernatural themes. I thought, I thought I'll give it a try. Now, firstly, I am amazed that they charge full price for a comic like this because I felt I was telling you before the show. I thought the start was good. I, I liked the trucking angle. I liked the bit when he goes into the service station and the guys that that, that guy is that really wired teenager who I feel like right now with all my caffeine. He's like, I, "What do you want? I got bennies. I got lots of stuff. What do you want? What do you want?" I thought, "Yeah, we're setting something up here." I thought it was, and then suddenly, it just it felt like we went from like building a story to we barely have a story. We're in some other desert with some zombie things that are chasing us and, you know, and then we're going to kill them without showing the killing. And I was like, wow, I have ne- I it's, it's been a while since I have finished a comic and been like, I felt like there was barely an idea here. Um, it really felt half baked. And I felt the artist was served poorly. I think he was better when he was in the shop. I didn't think much of the artwork of the monsters or the desert or, the whole thing just seemed really almost amateur, just half-baked, cash-in, cash-grab, not good. Um, I, 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 I've, I've thought about it. I can only give it four, it ha- I, and, I, and I blame the writer because I think the writer just didn't give enough here. What did you think, Rich? Mm. Absolutely fucking... Um, I, I think I read this book in 30 seconds. Yeah, it was like, bang, done. Like... like- like you talk about minimal um, dialogue, but the problem is, is if you're going to do something minimal, uh, minimal dialogue, then you better have a fucking great uh, artist that um, is telling a story um, with uh, the images. Mm. You know what I mean? Where the because that's not this. This is just no. very sort of plain and simple. But uh, I mean, Jesus, I think you'd be lucky if a page had five or six speech bubbles on it. Like, yeah. like. I, I it's so weird to me how you can get paid as a writer for this. Yeah, like, it was it was weird, man. Like I, I, I I'm like yeah. You know, I, I used to think that writers back in the day got paid by the word or something because in comics that have like so many fucking speech bubbles, you'd have like fifty speech bubbles per page or something mm, like that. Mm. But uh, clearly that's not the case because this guy's like I got to use as little words as possible. I don't, you know what I mean? I, I wanna, I just want to get paid for. I, I can't see this having being a, a hit. story or having an idea, but not actually writing it. Like I cannot see this being a long term hit. I just don't. And also, think... again, we, again, a number one issue. I don't care. Like nothing happened in this that made yeah. me go, "Ooh, yeah. ooh, this yeah. is intriguing. Oh, this is interesting. No. Oh, what's going on here?" I just finished it and went, "Okay, whatever. Don't care. Never reading in like, yeah. You know, I, I would never be continuing with this because it, uh, nothing grabbed me. Nothing, nothing interesting happened." 
it was just like a, a like a really uh, how can I say it threadbare story. Like just just barely any story at all. Like be grateful you got anything, kids. You know, like fuck you. Basically, it was almost like you know, like I I, I feel sorry for people who went out and actually paid cold hard cash and didn't receive the fucking like free copies we got. Um, this was yeah, this was this was four out of ten. And do better. Jeff Lemire. I mean, seriously, you're supposed to be this great writer. You didn't give the artist like an an outline even. And also the artist, can I say this? If you're given so little, you've got to add more to the, to what you're given. Like, if he's given you the threadbarest of fucking, like, ideas to put on page, you've got to bring more to the table because he's... You know what I mean, Rich? Like, sometimes the artist has to do the heavy lifting, and the artist the artist didn't do the heavy lifting. They were just like, oh, fuck it then. Like, you know, barely anything. It was very, very dull. The last, I'd say, eight pages of this comic book, or maybe ten, were just very dull. Uh, oh, yeah. And as I said, it, to me, I felt like this was like, um, you know, like if maybe an artist is writing a book for the first time, and so, sure. you know, doesn't have too much dialogue because he's not a writer, but... Yeah, the fact that this is Jeff Lemire, like someone who's been working mm. a long time now, I just think that's it's just terrible. Like I, this is the, I, the problem. I think with Jeff Lemire, he's fine. He, you know, he's an, he's an adequate. He's a good writer. He's actually some some good books and all that. But I think there's a lot of writers today who think they are far more um, creative than they really are, or. Mm. Um, imaginative than they think they are like i think he really thinks he's some special writer you know mm. what i mean and and mm. um who's the other the one that always uh, the, you know tom taylor and all that sort of stuff these guys really are high on their own supply and they think they're like these really but i'm sorry but these guys don't have to hold a candle mm. to like your 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 james or your um not even uh, close what's his name the sandman um neil gaiman neil gaiman yeah like they, you know, your Alan Moores, that you guys do not hold any candles to oh, these guys oh. when they come with like this sort of. Um... Oh, they're embarrassed by those guys, you know. Yeah. They're like, yeah, so... like, yeah. No, I agree. No, this is the thing. I, I thought there was potential that this would be really interesting. I read the pitch and thought, yeah, okay, why not? I, and then I saw what he put on page, and it was so. I know some people will say simplicity. Yeah, but this was down to almost stick figures, you know. This was this was like stick yeah. figures on a wall, and I'm like, uh, uh, sorry, not at full price, guys. No way. Uh, yeah, and I can't, yeah, I can't believe this book was full price. And nothing that hasn't been done about a billion times before, better like zombie stuff. You know what I mean? Like a billion times better done before. This was yeah, it was really poor. Um, I, I'm actually going to downscore it to three out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? Four is is fine. Four. I mean, it's yeah. it, the art is actually fine. It's good. Like it's uh, it, again, it's not necessarily his fault. I mean, if you've been given a job, sure, I, I guess you take it, even if maybe that writer isn't. Uh, yeah, isn't really um, like doing that much. Giving you maybe what what fits your style or or whatever. So I mean, I don't necessarily know, but the artist is fine. I mean, he's very competent, and I don't hate the art or anything. So. 
I still think the art, artist could have done a bit more than, with what he was given. Like, you, but could, again, you know. it's, I, I I agree with you, but it depends on what he was given, though. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. you know, he doesn't create it. He get the writer says, right, this is the story. This, this is, is what's happening. Yeah. This is what I want the characters to be doing. So, I mean, you're still limited. I, again, depending on your relationship. Yeah. If you're a, a writer and artist that work together more, then yes, maybe you have more input. Mm. Um into what and, and you can contribute and all that but maybe jeff and me is like no no you just do what i you know yeah do what i said in the script like yeah I yeah, don't know. yeah no no good points rich good point great points actually um anyway look we've we've covered it enough it's we, we've spent more time on it than i think jeff lemire spent on it you know actually we spent we spent way more time talking about it than it actually takes to read it no way more <laughs> I, I agree totally yeah I agree. We 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 could probably in our fucking sleep come up with better storylines than what than what they, these two fucking guys did put together. Now um, we come to our trade of the week, which was the collection Blaze. Can I say, Rich Larry Hummer, take a bow, my friend. Johnny Blaze, no longer a ghostwriter, but he this guy is the nineties man. He starts off with a cyborg mask, which he loses. Cigar chomping or cigarette smoking, sunglasses permanently on, long hair, ponytail, shotgun full of hellfire. Is it any surprise, Rich? I'm a big fan of this guy. Oh, no, I'm a fan of the. Uh, this character was uh, really fun and all that. Um, I will say, collection's not as great as it could be. Yeah. What, like, what do you mean? But, like, what did you think of the artist? Not great. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the when when it got to issue nine, I think it was. Yes. And it was and the artist was only on for one issue. Mm. Uh, it was it's, it's two. So the, the the breakdowns were by Keith Pollard, and then the finishes were by Bill Reinhold. Mm. Right. That was that. If that had been the art mm. in issue nine, had been the art from. Start to finish, oh my goodness, would this have been a far better, yeah, far better book? Because while the the, the art isn't terrible, mm. um, the the guy that stepped in for issue nine was way, way oh, he was good. Well, way the, better. the regular artist was kind of doing that nineties, not um, what's the guy's name, Rob Liefeld, but not not like. Sort of like not a million yeah, miles no, away from that no, style. No, he was going for that that that, yeah. that image look. Yeah, the, he was. The, yeah, Liefeld image. Yes, Jim Lee kind of um, you know style. Yeah. Whereas the the way they they finish stronger, but they needed to start strong. That was the problem. Yeah, I did like it though. The story, the freak show, and everything, and the girl with I... the eyes. You know? Here's the thing. That stuff was fine. Mm. I didn't mind. Like, here's the thing. I don't mind the 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 the, the traveling Connie mm. aspect and and the sort of thing of the week. It was just the oh, while I'm doing this, my kids have are kidnapped. I'm in holding a dimension, and I'm doing everything I can. But you're not. Yeah. Like you're not doing everything you can. In fact, you you you're doing stunts, and it's like I'm doing everything I can. It's like I haven't seen you do fucking jack shit. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I wish they'd maybe just, if they'd maybe just done a work, because that, that didn't turn out to be anything, honestly. Yeah. That, the, the, the guy that stole the kids, I mean, there definitely wasn't ice any resolution. Bob or whatever. Well, there was a resolution to that, but then it was apparently it wasn't him, it was no. Baal or whatever, but there was no payoff to that. I kind of wish they had just made it a, um, a just a, 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 a demon of the week, yeah. where, 
he's traveling with the carney because they're all like into weird magical mythical shit and all that like the, the, like the, what like okay take out the kids angle right mm. you go into the you go you come to town and then there's a kid tells you oh, i need your help killing this icebox joe guy cool and you do it and you do it and you find out he's a ghost blah 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 cool 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 the next one, oh, you you're traveling wrong. You run into uh, to man thing, and there's a thing about this, and these blah 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 blah. Fantastic! I had a, I enjoyed all the stuff that didn't pertain to his kids. Yeah, oh, the kids <laughs> stuff was it was overly strung out. Um, although I did like the and Wend- unnecessary. Yeah, I did like the Wendigo. Um, like but the you could still had that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's my point. Like there were so many cool elements in this thing, but I felt like. I, I couldn't thoroughly enjoy it because I felt like the kid angle was holding it back. Was, oh, they kept was, cutting to the kid stuff. Like, it was like, yeah. you know, they kept um, going back but to again, it. Again, it, again. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minor gripe because the, mm. the, the shit, they're like, I mean, they, the Punisher shows up at one time. They're dealing with vampires. Yeah. And what looks to be like an, an archangel or whatever. You know, again, he's running up against Man-Thing. Then there's this, the, the, the Gleamer guy who's the eyeballs and goes into the chick with no eyes. And all that. There's some really cool stuff in this with the, yeah. the the carnies and all that sort of stuff i just wish that had been the 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 100 focus and not the oh my kids have been kidnapped and i'm you know i need my kids and it's like Ugh. Ugh. I, I tell you what i did like though a lot was the actual character of johnny blaze it really it, it just it got in my head i i dug it heavily you know like i just really felt i i just felt it was really well done I guess is the is the is the word I would use to describe it. Like there was just something about it, about that sort of who he was, you know, that 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 I I felt like I really got to know Johnny Blaze. Like Johnny Blaze has really changed since the seventies, kind of thing. He's a lot more darker, you know. I felt now. I I thought this this Johnny Blaze so cynical, so just. He was a he was a driven man. He was a dark soul, you know. I I thought that was kind of well done, like by Larry Hummer. I thought the characterization, like he really committed to it, you know. Mm. Which I which I which for me was fun. Like you know, I just thought, yeah, this is I, that's what I that's what that's no what look, thinking, it's, a, you know? it's a typical nineties um, machismo action character, which is great. Mm. I mean, again, which is what they were going for and what they nailed. Mm. Um. You know, and again, as you said, he's got the trench coat, he's got the glasses, mm. always chomping on the cigarette, you know, always lighting up his, um, a nail, uh, what, a coffin nail, as yeah. they call it, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and he's got a shotgun yeah. that can shoot Hellfire, or which seems to be very, very inconsistent, though. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, at one point, he's fucking blowing shit away with the Hellfire, and then the other times, like, it's like... Uh, Hellfire doesn't seem to have any effect. It's like, well, you're not a very fucking consistent shotgun, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, it was... But sometimes the, the Hellfire, some of the monsters just shrug it off, you know? Yeah, a lot more actually shrugged it off, which it almost made me feel like it was a pointless shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was good fun. Um, yeah, no, look, I... You know, for me, like, I would put this in the realm of guilty pleasure. In I know it's not going to win any awards, but, my God, I had a good time reading it. You know, I, I just... Yeah, no, it's it definitely fun. Yeah, like, and that's why I picked it. I, I sometimes pick books that are more challenging, but sometimes I'm just like, I just feel like 
I want to take a ride down the fucking dark highway with Johnny Blaze, you know? And I knew he wasn't the rider, um, and it was kind of more of a, you know, personal story. And I just thought, yeah, I, I kept expecting the rider to turn up, Rich. Um, no, he only has his cameo at the beginning. Yeah. But your, your, your Punisher showed up at the end. Yeah, good, good. You know, rightly so. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, it, it's fun. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 for all its flaws. I think Larry Hummer really was having a good time. I get the impression he was having a good time riding it because he was going pretty wild, you know? Mm. So for for me, it's an 8 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, eight, um, I'll actually do your, I'll do a 7.5. There you go. I'm glad to see you doing the point fives. And, and once you've started doing them, um, you won't be able to stop. That's the thing. That's the thing. No, I say, like, it's not, it's definitely better than a seven, but I, it's not as good as an eight, so 7.5. 7.5. Um, look, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to everyone who came on board for the Gardner Fox uh, biographer interview with Jennifer DeRoss. We, you know, we really appreciate people turning up. Um, if you want to support the show, there's a Patreon, um, patreon.com slash signal of doom. Everything goes towards show running costs. It's not just my pills addiction. You know, something's got to pay for the hotels and the whores, <laughs> as they say, Rich, you know. Um, look, well, at least they know their money's going to good things. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly right. Well, that's what Orson Welles used to say. It pays for the hotels. You know, when he would do the commercials, it pays for the hotels. He'd just shrug. Yes, and now he does commercials for uh, VR headsets <laughs> to uh, pay for the hotels. Orson Welles? Oh, also, well, sorry, I thought you said Aussie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, have you seen Have you seen Aussie Osborne? He's advertising the PlayStation VR. No, I haven't. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Way. I mean, yeah, Aussie Osborne still. still I mean, Jesus up. Christ. I mean, who you who you marketing? Like any young yeah. person's going to be like, who the fuck's that guy screaming? Yeah, like, exactly. Sharon the whole time. They don't even know who Aussie is. Like seriously, no, no, seriously, unless they saw the Osbournes uh, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Um, yeah, look, uh, we're proud members of the collective. You've got shows on there like Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. You've got Ray with, uh, I hate me to yawn for Ray's show. Sorry, Ray. Uh, Into the Night. Um, you've got Last Sons of Krypton with Connor. You've got Capes and Lunatics with Phil, Lilith, and Charlie. Um, I'm on there with Osmond Spidercast. There's a ton of shows on the collective. It's a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun tonight, Rich, haven't we? I have fun every night. I'm just thinking, Rich, as you lay down to sleep, just have a little thought and think, are there aliens out there, Rich? You know, are they closing in, are, you know, controlling the world economy, that kind of stuff, you know? Mm, those are not all tied together. Wow, he's throwing a lot of stuff out there, though, you know? To... I, I've never said that aliens don't exist. Yeah. I've just said that they've never been here and they don't contribute or have anything in our history totally wrong but anyway um that's that's a wrong opinion but that's from rich but he's allowed to have them uh we let Stu have the munchkin episode which is which is you're, you're the scully of this podcast rich i realized you're scully you're you're a non-believer you're a non-believer um yeah i just as as i said i've said this before i just i have <laughs> i have i have more a belief in our achievements as human beings, as the human race, mm. than contributing all of our achievements to fucking aliens. Whereas I'm all alien all the time. You know? 
You know, maybe. Yeah, you probably you probably sell out the human race. The, the <laughs> <alien> <laughs> well, Rich, they're listening, so you know those of us who will make deals and those of us who won't. You know, it's going to be interesting. Well, th- then if they are and they can hear this, I won't. <laughs> I think dark times are ahead, Rich. I think we can all agree on that. Dark times are ahead, my friend. Set, dark times are definitely here. Definitely set, set your phases to kill, I say, and keep on killing. And enjoy yourselves out there, audience. Good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. Great show, actually. Mm-hmm.